Now, Steve, I'm sure that you're aware that liberal woke agenda, it's plumb infiltrating everything. There ain't nowhere you can go to get away from that woke agenda. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. I guess guess I do. Go ahead. Do you know they're even putting it in our food nowadays? You know what I'm saying? Is that right? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because, listen... I had some libel the other day trying to tell me they come up with a new kind of taste, all right? We've had salty and sweet and bitter and all this our whole lives. Now they's trying to tell me that I guess probably some woman food scientist just made one up called umami. Umami. You want me to talk about a woman every time I taste something good? Is that how woke we are these days? Umami. You heard about this? I I, ha- I have now now I I don't know is it just because it's mo- mommy mommies are, are traditionally women is that is that, uh-huh. is that what, exactly okay. right where's the men's representation in uh-huh. that you know what I mean hey I ain't going along with it that's why from here on out anytime I get some kind of just you know wonderful meaty salty thing in my mouth I'm explaining ooh daddy ooh daddy. Okay. Okay. That's so what I'm you're gonna, gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're, let's just say, you you're at the fair and you get yourself a big old corn dog, dip dog, you know. Yeah. Get a dip you dog. You bite into mm-hmm. it and you're like, boy, this is a nice savory flavor. You're gonna exclaim as you as you pull that dog out of your mouth. You're gonna exclaim, "Ooh, daddy! Ooh, daddy! I'm just getting me a big okay. old mouthful of that bratwurst, or maybe a big old kielbasa. You know, something uh-huh. substantial for my manly appetite. Right? Yeah. I'm just get a big old tug on that hog and say, "Ooh, daddy!" And this is antithetical to the woke agenda. All right, <laughs> go for it, buddy. I think it sounds good. Take that, liberals. <laughs> you know what? They'll be upset as hell, I'm sure. <laughs> He's so manly, he can't even say, ooh, mommy. Oh, my God. He's so tough and rugged. <laughs> so tough and rugged. He says, can't... ooh, daddy. <laughs> it is something I really do want people to latch on to. So if you're listening, trying to like get get... You know, so spy on us and see what we're talking about. This is the thing you need to really take up arms about. Oh, yeah. like, them oh, liberals yeah. <laughs> trying to get us to say, ooh, mommy. <laughs> if you really want to pwn the libs, then suck on some meat and exclaim, ooh, daddy, next time you see one. Look him square in the eyes and say, ooh, daddy. Now, I know, uh, let's be honest here, though. Uh, Trying to convince a southerner. That a nice savory dish is umami. It sounds like something a southerner would say if they bit into something that they liked real good. Umami. Umami. Mm. Yeah. Shoot. That's daddy. a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It <laughs> <laughs> kind of does just sound like a southern sort of colloquialism. It does. It, it does. Ooh, you know, you know what that's got there? It's got some umami to it. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, but it is actually the most redneck flavor. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Until Ooh Daddy comes along. Yeah, Ooh Daddy's gonna come along. It's very descriptive of only things that are tubular shaped, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Those are the Ooh Daddies. <laughs>
<laughs> well, you're getting the inside dish on what you can use to pwn the libs here on the newest installment <laughs> of Dead and Lovely. Here with the host of the most, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, the guy who's going to point out that I said pwn last week, and I was like, what the fuck? Nobody said pwn in like 20 years. <laughs> and then you pull it out again. We're here really we are, showing dude. we're up on the times. Hi, I'm Hollywood Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and we're here today to be talking about one Tejas Chainsaw Massacre Trace Lether mm-hmm. Fachi, which That's we're going right. to talk about um, <laughs> later on in the show. You can use the timestamp to get straight to the movie review if that's all you care about. But you're going to miss all these great tips and tricks and life hacks that we have to offer you before yeah. we get there, right? Yeah, Luther Fachi was one of my favorite Giallo actors. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Luther Fachi. <laughs> Luther Fache. It's <laughs> good, man. It's good. Dude, yeah. how you been doing this week, man? Uh, I mean, good. We, uh, we haven't done a whole bunch of much. Uh, we did take a little trip to uh, Mount Tabor here in, in Portland, here in Southeast Mount Tabor Mount Park. Tabor. I barely know Tabor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Got him. Got him. <laughs> barely know him. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Oof. Anyway, it's pretty, um, and 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 uh, you know the weather's been really nice here, so we've just been enjoying it. Uh, what have you been up to, dude? I've been waiting on you to dump this fucking Pepsi challenge on me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we made the Pepsi challenge video, which will be released the day after the podcast, uh, which you've, you've already heard. We're ahead <gasps> a week. Yeah, so <laughs> by the time people hear this, at all. They'll, they'll be able to go straight to Patreon and watch our Pepsi Challenge video where we we did a Pepsi versus Coke, uh, Diet Pepsi versus Diet Coke, and just for fun threw in uh, regular Dr. Pepper versus Diet Dr. Pepper. Do they actually taste the wow. same? So wow. got to go check. I'm telling you, it, it's a fun video, and we, we learned some things, some controversial things maybe. Mm. The things that you learned was that it was all about the friends you made along the way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. That's true. Mm. It, it's a real long video. We made a lot of friends along the way. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive, man. You tried some colas. You learned some stuff. I get it, man. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. had a. Uh, I've had a pretty good week. Been uh, working on a whole bunch of tunes and stuff, which has been making me the super happy. And uh, just generally keeping pretty damn busy, man. This has been one of those weeks that is totally flown by and even doing the show has kind of snuck up on me man it seems like this entire week was gone in just the blink of an eye i've barely had time to watch but a thing or two this week man oh yeah so what'd you watch on dude so we you know had been hearing that this new guardians of a galaxy 3 it's in the theaters and people are saying that it's real real good and we have enjoyed the series quite verily so we're like you know what Let's watch through all the other Guardians stuff and go on a little little movie date and check this thing out, right? So we watched yeah. uh, we watched Guardians one and two, which are still a delight, still just so fucking fun to watch. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And we watched the the Guardians Christmas special, just in right. case there were some details in there. Also pretty damn fun. It's a fun time. And then yesterday we went and checked out Guardians three. Now, here's the thing: this is kind of a new movie, and some of the stuff I'm gonna say here is lightly spoilery not really though because i want to put this stuff out there as a just like major league fucking trigger warning stuff dude because i went in 
uninitiated, and I feel like I kind of got sucker punched. I think now that like Disney owns Marvel, I'm pretty sure they put the head of Pixar's heart punch division in charge of this movie. I'm oh. not joking. Oh, dear. Okay. Yeah. So if you just absolutely want to retain virginal ears about Guardians 3 before you see it, just tap fast forward a couple times and get by this. But I would have liked to have known this stuff before I watched the movie. So I just feel like other people should know this as well. It has stuck with me like a motherfucker. Like, people had told me in advance, like, oh, man, you know, it'll get your allergies working and stuff. Get them onions getting cut up in that theater, you know? But I I didn't know why. And, again, mild spoilers right here, okay? Um, a lot of the movie deals with Rocket Raccoon's origins. Uh-huh. Which, as an animal who is a biological experiment... Right. You might imagine is quite unsavory. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. It is profoundly fucking rough. I'm not joking, dude. Like, Kate and I were bawling in the theaters. Like, what the fuck are we watching? Um, I wasn't ready to see that kind of stuff. Like, it's, you know, it's all CGI and stuff. They're not fucking being cruel to animals, but it's CGI simulated animal cruelty, and it is punishing it's absolutely punishing like dude i'll put it to you this way i don't know if i'll ever watch that movie again i'm not joking seriously like that doesn't sound fun it brought me way the fuck down i could not imagine and dude god damn it i sound like such a fucking boomer saying this stuff i cannot imagine taking a kid to see this like kids should not fucking see this hmm Honestly, like, again, I feel like such a fucking boomer saying that, but I mean, dude, like you remember what it was like as a kid to see fucking Bambi land before time and shit like that. Like that was bad enough if you were little, Uh huh. like, okay, I'll put it to you this way. Marvel has tugged on a heartstring a time or two, right? Uh, like fucking, um, in game, right? Like, uh, Oh, you know, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And Peter Parker like disintegrates, Uh dude. That is like first grade math test, and Guardians 3 is like fucking quantum physics final exam. I'm not wow. kidding. Wow. Okay. So, like, huh. rough. Seriously wow. rough. I was not prepared. Like, it was, it's still sticking with me. Like, 24 hours later, I'm still bothered by some of the stuff that I saw in it. I'm shocked that they went as hard as they did. Wow. Okay. Uh, but I'll, I'll take that. Warning with me, it doesn't. That doesn't sound fun. It's not. It really is not. Like especially coming from, you know, Guardians, which has always kind of been the most like nonsensical, fun, whimsical of the series. You know that kind of universe and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, this was such a fucking gut punch. It is rough. I'm still thinking about it like all hmm. the time. So wow. viewer beware. Like seriously, <laughs> we're we're fucking doing a podcast today talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, which I watched right before bed and went to bed and didn't even think twice about. Meanwhile, Guardians of the Galaxy three, I'm like, God damn, that was hard. <laughs> okay, you know. All right. Uh, I mean, wow. I swear, man. Like depending on when I would have seen this, like you remember how like right after we got our Darla, she ate that like raisin cake and ended up in the fucking yeah. hospital for a few days. Uh huh. If I'd have watched that movie while she was in the hospital, I would have fucking left. I would have come unglued. I'm not wow. kidding. Keep that in mind. Do you plan on checking it out? Um, sure. At some point, I, I haven't yeah. 
I haven't caught up with any Marvel stuff <laughs> since Multiverse of Madness. I, I, yep. Yeah, kind of behind on all of it. But whatever. You know, I, yeah. I'll see it at some point. Yeah, leave yourself some time to uh, enjoy some Bob's Burgers or some Ted Lasso. <laughs> We've been watching through a bunch of Ted Lasso here lately, of course, too. Uh, leave yourself some time for a little recovery program after that. You're going to need it. Gotcha. Okay. Oof. Did you watch anything else? No, that's it, man. It's been busy. Okay. What about you? <laughs> that made you give up on the idea of motion pictures. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm done. It. Not doing this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, won't get fooled again. <laughs> oh, you know what? I will tell you one, uh, actually two things that I did this week that were just great. Okay. I so rarely make time just to hang out with my friends, just to fucking right. hang out yeah. and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think about hanging out as like, oh, you know, we got to fucking clean the house and prep dinner and fucking figure out entertainment. It's a whole day or whatever. Man, this uh-huh. week I've gotten together with two different friends um, just to like go out and be like, hey, let's go get a couple of beers, hang out for a few hours. Cool. That was good. See you later. Like I got uh-huh. together with a buddy in town just for a cup of coffee this morning. It was great. Just cool. making time for your fucking friends. This is something you have to remember to do when you're like, you know, 40-ish as we are. But man <laughs> alive, it's a good time to see a friend. I needed that this week. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, since we've we've been important, we've we've been fortunate enough to get to see friends on a pretty regular occasion, and it does it it, it uplifts the spirits. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, you got to catch up with Monica and Chandler, see yeah, how they're doing, see if right. Ross and Rachel's still on a break. You, I don't know, are they? Aren't they? Who knows? You know, my favorite television show, Friends. Friends, dude, that's your fucking <laughs> program right there, isn't it? I won't Hell shut yeah. up about it. <laughs> so, um, we uh, we uh, have continued the Batman journey toward Ooh. the the Batman Hellrankers, and we really got to get on it because uh, we've we just finished Batman Returns and Ooh. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. This Goddamn, week. two of the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been very fortunate. Um, if you watch the Batman movies chronologically, you get. Batman 1966, the two Tim Burton Batmans, and then Batman Mask of the Phantasm. These, of course, again, as I said, we're only covering the ones that got a theatrical release and where Batman is the headliner because there's a lot of other movies that have been released that are Batman movies or that Batman is in. We're not focusing on those. So those four, though, fucking solid. Just a fun... yeah. Yeah, you're not running into to any moments where you you hate what you're seeing. Uh, I know that is eventually going to happen uh, for me specifically with with uh, Dark Knight. What was it? Uh, the last one, Dark Knight Rises? Oh, Rises, yeah. Uh, God, man. I was talking about sucks. Rises earlier with a friend. God, it's so stupid. It's a it's stupid real movie, dude. Uh-huh. Like Bane's and- plan is dumb. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it, the whole film has such a conservative like right leaning moral to it right that, yeah it's so weird fucking anyway uh i'm i'm not excited about that one nor am i excited about batman versus superman dawn of justice but Ooh. honestly not really too worried about the the campier you know batman forever and batman and robin i'll allow them dude i'll yeah, allow it they're fun um and then also like Lego Batman, fun movie. Oh, so yeah, uh, yeah. There's a lot of really cool movies that fit in. So it, it's actually going to be a tough hell rankers because I know what's at my bottom most likely, but what's at the top is is, is a big jumble. I mean, there's there's a whole lot of movies vying for my favorite Batman movie. 
Mm-hmm. How about old DeVito as the penguin in that sex God, icon? He's so or good. What? Yeah. Man, that Hottie. Batman Returns is so fucking good. Just yeah, it is. Ha, man. Yeah, everybody in it is just bringing it. Um, but yeah, Mask of the Phantasm I hadn't seen since since I was a kid, and that you know the animation of Batman the animated series is just so awesome and so legendary. You know, yeah, and the voice actors are amazing, and like just the whole style and aesthetic, like. You know, he, he's got a car phone, but it's a rotary car phone. Like, it's like, Hell what year yeah. is this? It's so cool. I love it. <laughs> it's yeah. great, man. Yeah. But yeah, th- so those uh, we're, we're, we'll be continuing with the Val Kilmer and then Clooney movies uh, very soon. And then also we watched uh, Pontypool, which... Oh, yeah. I love that movie, and we got to do it on the show. Like, every time I watch it, I'm like digging down the layers of what what it's getting at and every time i'm like god i still don't fully get it i don't think but i like it a lot right (laughs) i I really like it ever since i watched it that's one that we watched with brandon back in the day he watched it and just loved Uh it couldn't wait to show it to us so yeah always have kind of happy memories um there but like i remember like most people not loving the ending but everything leading up to that is just like mind-blowingly fucking cool yeah, and I, I think that largely, I, I don't think people get the ending. And I'm saying mm. that as someone who uh, is is trying really hard after several viewings to get the ending and still thinks, I'm not sure I get the ending. I get that. If people are like, I don't get what the fuck is happening here. Like, it doesn't, it's not immediately clear what they're getting at. And I really think, I like, I want to cover it on the show just so I have to focus on it and have to sure. try to figure that out. Because it I might... It. I think it's a good ending. I think it is. <laughs> it might not be, though. So people might be right. <laughs> Could be, man. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do it on the show sometime soon to find out. Yeah, for sure. We also watched uh, Clerks 2, continuing the Jay and Silent Bob viewing. Okay, and, yeah. And, uh, man, uh, it, I, it, I, it was kind of what I remembered, <laughs> which was just like, yeah. eh. Like some there's, scenes are there's funny. Good things and yeah, not yeah. good things. Uh, yeah, uh, ooh, all the racist language discussion is just so. It's so Gen X. It's mm-hmm. so Gen yeah. X. It's yeah. so like edgy for the sake of being edgy and like not really contributing anything to the conversation and really just being kind of hurtful <laughs> and mean. Like it's not uh, whatever. But yeah, it's not one I, I run to watch. Like I yeah. uh, like just fucking uh, way too much information here. Like there was a time I watched it a couple of years ago, uh-huh. and I was already in some kind of like weird, like teetering on the edge of depression funk anyway. Yeah, and like we watched that movie, and for some reason, it just sent me over the edge, and I had this like just fucking just full on like meltdown that night after I watched that movie, just like really uh-huh. fucking bad. And I think I just, oh. like, associate it with that movie now. So, like, that movie kind of bums me out now. Um, I will say, uh, I was pretty drunk and something similar happened. Yeah, so, really? Yeah, I don't know if it's the movie, but, like, maybe it's the movie. It's like a Manchurian <laughs> Candidate movie where it's like, you're kind of depressed and drunk. Listen to the hidden language of clerks too, and it'll just fucking yeah. throw you over the cliff, dude. <laughs> Youch, yeah, it'll do it. Um, pillow pants also, is the word that turns you, I guess. Yeah, pillow pants. Gosh. Uh, anyway, so uh, we also watched uh, the old last drive-in where Joe Bob showed us 
the Babadook. And oh yeah, nice. The Bob with the Babadook, huh? The Bob with the Babadook. Yeah, actually, we. <laughs> anybody, if you want to read a million hilarious Babadook puns, uh, and and and, and change ups on the old title, uh, go check out the Discord from Friday night. It was so fucking funny. We were coming up with so many great uh, Babadook alternatives. Um, but also terrible for the screaming chat. <laughs> that movie yeah. is so depressing. <laughs> it's so depressing and so good. I mean, we did an episode on that yeah, a while it's a back. Great movie. And that's yeah. actually, you know, just speaking of depression, that was one of the most uh, I think candid discussions we had about depression and shit. Is whenever yeah, we uh, we did that on the show. It's a really good episode, but yeah, it not is. exactly fun for like shooting the no. shit and uh, <laughs> talking shit and drinking shit, right? Yeah, no, it's a little depressing. The second movie was much more. Like in line with with a screaming chat movie, it was a it was a exploitation movie called The Mothers from the seventies, mm-hmm. and it yeah like uh, worth a watch. I'd say fun time. Hey, speaking of mothers, we had a Mother's Day here over the weekend, didn't we? That's right, we did have a Mother's Day. I uh, called my mother. Did you call my mother? <laughs> I called her. I said, "Hey, what's up, ho?" So yeah, I called I thought, her. Uh huh. I thought that's what Mother's Day was about. Everybody calls my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right that's right yeah so steve's mom her phone just ringing <laughs> off the hook all day we took kate's mom to the uh to the knoxville zoo oh cool um which is really dope man they've they've really come a long way with that zoo like when we were kids it was pretty sad like typically what you think about like just fucking you know wild animals and concrete fucking enclosures like it was kind of sad when we were kids but they have put so much work and money into that place and really made like pretty respectable conditions for these animals and most of them that they have are like animals that are there you know to help rehabilitate the species and regrow some of them you know and they've like they've gotten rid of like remember when we were kids they had like polar bears and penguins and shit and it was like yeah. why are these here these don't belong yeah. here this like they've the gotten South. rid of those and mm-hmm. shit yeah yeah so they're they're i think as respectable as you can get in a zoo um had a funny moment when we were there okay. at the uh, at the otters, you know those otters, they're they're little rascals, you know. They are rascals. It's true. And uh, they have the kind of thing where there's like a little uh, you know pool that they swim in and play in and stuff with like a glass wall, so you can watch them under the water and shit, right? Uh huh. It got real awkward because there's this like whole family and like a bunch of kids and stuff, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, they're so cute! Look at this one. It's got a cup on its head. Look at this one. They're wrestling and stuff." There's this one that like just kept swimming by the very front of the glass and he was kind of like in sort of like a c-shaped curve and just right at the front of the glass in front of everybody and uh, it's like what is that one doing what's going on here but all the all the kids and families like oh my god they're so cute look at these things thing was just totally fucking jerking off in front of everybody like its dick was out and it was just flogging the thing man just flogging that otter dick in front of everybody on mother's day otters yeah. are fucking nasty dude they are perverts god, that's funny nasty so. there's kids there dude oh jesus <laughs> wow <laughs> memorable huh. yeah. yeah happy mother's day yeah here you go, mom. Here's an otter jerking off. Yeah, yeah. He seemed to wow. be having a good time. You know. I bet he was. <laughs> I bet he was having a good time. He's jerking off, and everybody's watching him and going, "Ooh, ah." Uh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, God loves an audience, I guess. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. hey, he got it. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure, man. 
So, uh, uh, hey, uh, those were the movies I watched. Let, let's slide it over to the th- next thing. Didn't you do some sharking this week? Didn't you have a little shark action? Oh, Jesus Christ. I forgot we watched The Meg. You know the how? Meg. I, how could you forget? It's so unforgettable. <laughs> it's so unforgettable. Jesus, dude, that movie sucks so bad. What is it with you people who like it? It's not great, it. dude. It's really it's, not. Like, I mean, it's, it's so a shark slow. movie, so it's like you'll still, I'll still watch it if it's summertime and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's a Saturday afternoon. Sure, I'll put the Meg on. Sure, Listen, but if you if you so haven't better. if you haven't seen Ghost Shark, I and you're I'm sitting blown. around and you're thinking, I want to watch a shark movie, watch Ghost Shark. That's the second best shark movie ever made, and God the Meg. Damn is way down the list we've watched so many mm. screaming chat shark movies that are like sharks of the corn and all sorts of other like just terrible shark movies and let me tell you i'd watch any of them over the meg none wow. of them are two hours long they all get to the point i don't get it i don't get the meg i just don't get it it's not like super fun or super funny, but it's also like not really scary. It just kind of no. is a shark movie. Like at least like yeah. something like fucking Deep Blue Sea is just yes, Deep ridiculous. Blue Sea way better, way yeah. better than the Meg. Mm. Yeah, yeah, not yeah. great. Are you gonna see the no. sequel though? It's coming out soon. Isn't yeah, it? obviously. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll coordinate I mean, and do an episode or something about it. Maybe, maybe I, I just love, uh, I love shark horror. It's it's great. I mean. The Meg is a bad one, I think. Maybe they'll do the sequel better, because, like, you gotta, you gotta, listen, I just want to see a Meg, like, bite a fucking cruise ship in half, or, like, jump out of the water and pull a plane out of the sky. I want to see that. Don't give me all this other nonsense. Mm, Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. Well, there you go, man. But, yeah, people love that movie, and it's not, it's not that great. Not that great. But if you love that movie, keep loving that movie or whatever. We'll probably hey, talk you. about it in August whenever they... Or when is it? I think it's June, maybe? I don't know when the Meg is coming Shark out. Shark Week or soon. whatever? Maybe we'll do that, Shark man. Shark Week, we'll that. yeah. <laughs> hey, anyway. listen to that sound in the distance. You hear this? Oh, my Ooh, God of mercy. Snack. What in the world was that? Ooh, listen. Do you smell that? Mmm. I don't. What, is, what does it smell like? That's me cracking open a co-beer. I've got myself a beer here from Left hand brewing this is their black ipa which is seven percent alcohol wow it smells pretty damn nice it's got a a good malty kind of backbone to it it's the color Mm -hmm. it's the color of a cola you might say that it's pepsi colored if i was calling it pepsi on purpose which i don't know if i am or not this movie we were talking about today is a pepsi on purpose movie it is dude big pepsi sneaking their grubby little fingers into here right (laughs) they sure are um, left hand brewing makes a pretty good beer. I bet it'd be even better if they use their dominant hand. I think it's kind of a show off. Wow, move. They're like, yeah. oh, we brewed it. We brewed it left handed. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. You can tell because like the the they write the label at their left hand too. It's mm-hmm. all like, yep. oh wow, that's really shaky and doesn't look very good. Why mm, do they do that? I mean, good. it's it's showy, but not really translating. You know, yeah, yeah. That's pretty <laughs> fucking good. I like a black IPA. Whenever they're done right, which isn't often, they're really good. Yeah. Like, this has a lot of hoppiness, but it's got a good bitter kind of backbone to it. That's pretty okay. fucking good, man. I like it. All right. Now, Steve, the subject of our show today is one Tejas Chainsaw Massacre Trace Luther Fachi. Luther Fachi. And this Fachi. is a movie that has... 
Well, we couldn't come up with Preview Palace, so we're going to do an FAQ. <laughs> like I was yeah. thinking about it, and I was like, "What do we have to work with here? Like um, roadkill? You'd want to put an earring on for five hundred, Alex? Like, I don't, I don't know. Roadkill? You'd want to put an earring on that? I mean, I, I don't even have anything coming to mind right now. <laughs> I mean, a possum would look hella sick with a cross. Okay, earring, like no, George Michael right. style. It'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Especially if it had the shades too. Yeah, and the little leather jacket. Bam, 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 <laughs> bam. Little leather cool. jacket on a possum? That sounds yeah. awesome. <laughs> but then if it's roadkill, it's all kind of a waste. So I'd rather just give it to a living possum and put him in the zoo and have him, you know, jerk off in front of families. <laughs> it's cooler. It's, Man, yes. that possum looks just like Absolutely. George Michael. It's dick is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right. <laughs> He's a star attraction at the zoo. All right, Ben. So let's get into these these uh, preguntas they sent us here. Uh, uh-huh. these, these come from a variety of sources. We got smoke right. signals. We got carrier pigeons, tele, <laughs> telepathic messages. I got one in a crystal ball. I found one in the bottom of my tea leaves even. God damn. Wow. Wow. And I, I've, I'm just going to be reading some off of Patreon and, and Facebook and Instagram. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you got in the tea leaves, though. That's right, man. That's right. I'm excited to give priority to Patreon members because we like people better who give us money. That's it's just true. a fact. It is a fact. I do. You know what? If you walk up to me and say hi, it's like, hey, how you doing? If you walk up to me and hand me $100 and say hi, it's like, what's going on, my friend? Exactly right. Yep. That's <laughs> right. That's just how it goes. Yeah. So uh, this is this is from our guy, Zach Wiseman, over on the Patreon. What is the most controversial thing that A.C. Slater can sit on? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> if you're just tuning into our show for the first time, we have a, a long-going, just, you know, uh, a, a joke-skit idea about A.C. Slater and all the various things that he might sit upon, because he yes. is, of course, compelled by his obsessions to sit on everything backwards. So we've explored the ideas of him sitting backwards on a horse uh-huh um uh, driving a car backwards is my favorite right. one personally i really enjoy that one so there's a lot of I, there's a lot of rabbit holes you can go down here when you're starting to think about ac slater's fucking now, sitting proclivities and i think that you're providing context assuming that literally everyone listening is a 40 something year old ac yeah, slater is a character from a show <laughs> from the mid-90s <laughs> The man's name was Ted Turner, and he started a broadcasting network called TBS, okay? Yes, and along the way, he needed some programming, so he came up with the cheapest possible programming written by guys who had no idea how to write for teenagers, and we liked it for some reason. It was called Saved by the Bell, and Mario Lopez was in it. That Mario Mario Lopez, Lopez. the, the one who looks the same as he looked then. He yeah. would sit on chairs backwards, and therefore... <laughs> we joke we about he it. does that with everything. <laughs> yeah, therefore, fucking 30 years later, we joke about it as grown-ups because it's that significant to us. Yep. Uh-huh. It's uh, what, what the most controversial thing. Because I think of controversy and I think like, yeah, you know, if A.C. Slater went into Buckingham Palace and sat on the throne backwards, you know, mm. that, oh, that's wow. going to cause some controversy. That's a power move. Mm-hmm. That's it definitely is. a power move. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a power what move. If he was, sure. What if he was... <laughs> What if he was a judge on, um, fuck, what is that show that people watch? The Masked like Singer. Some, no, no, no. It's where somebody gets on stage and they start singing and all the judges' chairs are turned backwards. They can't see who oh. it is that's singing. 
and like they uh, have to buzz in if they like the person singing then they flip around and see it's like oh my god it's the soccer mom with the voice of an angel but yeah. like ac slater his chair soccer would, moms probably is what that's called yeah uh-huh. but like slater you know he'd be like i love this person's voice and his chair would spin around but he'd still be like facing the wrong way <laughs> he'd, <laughs> he'd just be like why is he even a judge he's missing the point entirely he turns around and it's just his back and you hear yo preppy i like your voice <laughs> I can't see you, but I like what I hear. I don't know why he, t- he doesn't talk like that. I don't know why. No, no. All right. So those are some pretty controversial things for sure. Um, I- <laughs> so Jason Codera asks, and I, man, I really had to put some thought into this one, and then I became even more horrified. Ooh. Would you rather fuck someone with Emma Watson's? Emma Watson's bottom half and Hulk Hogan's top half or someone with Emma Watson's top half and Hulk Hogan's bottom half. (laughs) This is what at first I was like, first I was like thinking like, Oh, you know what? This is, this is, this is, this is gross. What are we going to get into this for? And then I thought like, well, wait, which one would I choose? But which one though? (laughs) I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of the backstory where like, this is a, this is a Harry Potter side story. That's like a a story about a Hermione in class doing a transfiguration spell that went terribly wrong. Hulkamus Hoganus and boom. (laughs) <laughs> or maybe you know what it is like maybe maybe it was like a polyjuice potion mix up like when she turned into that cat but instead she got one right. of hulk hogan's uh silky blonde hairs and put <laughs> yeah, that in her little fine potion. doll hairs yeah and she's got a little hulkster down there now i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and i like the whole premise of the thing is that like i guess we've run into whichever mixture we're, we've hit it off. We're heading back to the bedroom for some sex. <laughs> After so this polyjuice potion uh, incident, right. I guess. And then so, and so the, yeah, so which of the two, I guess, do you think you could hit it off with? <laughs> Would it be you go over to talk to what you assume is Hulk Hogan because you see the top half and the muscles and stuff? But then you get over there, and uh, but you look down, and you're like, "Wait a second, those lungs <laughs> seem severely underdeveloped for the size of your torso." I think you'd have a hard time standing up, honestly, if you had the Hulkster's fucking twenty uh, four inch for pythons real? on yeah. Hermione Granger's just legs. So top heavy, it'd be tough. Yeah, he'd be toppling <laughs> over, man. He might just land in that prone position just on accident all the time. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, now I'm thinking also, like, because we've heard Hulk Hogan's sex talk, uh, you know, on. Have his, we? The, have we? There's a sex tape, have you not? <laughs> Did you I, you're not talking about it? the royal week. I know it exists. No, I have not watched it. <laughs> I also haven't watched it, but I have read the. Uh, Trans- the you just read the, the transcripts. Okay. I read some of the stuff he says in it, including, oh, shouldn't have had that sushi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I love this idea that you're some kind of young sophisticate that doesn't watch leaked sex tapes, but you read the transcripts. <laughs> that is pretty much the case. Yes, I don't want to watch anybody's leaked sex tape. No, but I do want to know what happened. Read it. Yeah, I want to know about the dialogue. You know. Wow, that is an oddly specific thing to be into. I respect yeah. it. I'm forced to respect it. 
<laughs> I so I, I I don't know if I'm if I have to choose. It's so hard. Like I don't want to fuck Hulk Hogan in any form, but it seems like I have to in this situation. I mean, like, yeah, I your choice is which one. Yeah, <laughs> which one? Oh my god! I'm All gonna right, I'm gonna tell myself I'll, I'll, in half I'll step instead. On. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Just bisected. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think if I had to, if I had yeah. to fall on this on this uh, uh, Hogan Miony grenade, <laughs> Hogan Miony, I guess so. I don't know. Well, if it's Hermione, that makes my choice even clearer. I'm if I'm not happening. It's not happening because it's a teenager. Okay. Yes. Okay, I thought yes, we were talking. Yes, if we're talking about Emma, Emma Watson, Watson, we got to talk Sorry. about adult grown up Emma Watson. Yes, Emma Watson as a grown up. Not Hermione Granger from the movies. Yeah. Yes, Emma Watson as a grown up. It's just, is it's just performing like, some spells. You know, as she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's it's just so hard. It's like we all call Daniel Radcliffe Harry Potter. It's just how it is. Oh, obviously, um, obviously. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the top half Watson. I'm gonna go with the top half Watson. Yeah, because I think that's the better way to go. Yeah, I can still you know you can still do stuff with the top half. There's still right. lots of fun stuff to do, yeah, and then it's yeah. like, okay, I'll, I'll I'll cradle the balls and you know work the shaft, whatever later. Right, I was gonna say, you know, you know you're gonna have to get down on that 24 inch python. Yeah, I'm not into guys at all, but I know how that stuff works. I mean, it's yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm it's familiar right with down the there equipment. Doing the thing. Yeah. Sure, sure. So but we've I, answered you know, this I can work with important the top question. Yeah. Very important question. So glad we did that. On a public record fucking podcast. Great yeah, question. if anyone was <laughs> ever wondering in the future. Okay. Uh, Art Romo asks, have you ever walked out of a theater before the movie you were watching ended? Mm, I don't think I have. I don't believe I that I have. Like, I... Uh, I mean, like I was saying about Guardians earlier, like if I had if I had a pet that was in peril and um, I just watched Guardians three, I would have I would have walked out. I seriously yeah, would have. No, I, I would have been like, I can't do it. So I would have walked out then. Um, there was one time when we were watching. What was it? Do you remember like around the time of uh, like Hunger Games? There was all kinds of other like, what if the, another teenager was in a dystopian future society? Well, like there's like a million of those like Maze Runner and all that shit. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, we almost did that with Divergent. Like it was like a beautiful fucking day in Knoxville, and there was all kinds of cool stuff going on downtown. And we we're like, you know what, we should do none of that. Let's go watch Divergent instead. And we almost left just to go enjoy the day. We probably should have because that movie was just not that good. It's not even that the movie was that bad. It's just that the day was so nice. We were like, why are we just sitting in a theater watching this shit ass movie? <laughs> um, I walked out of Godzilla 1998. Ooh! Actually, mm, you didn't fell wait for asleep P. Diddy? during it because it was so boring. Woke up, realized that I had fallen asleep. I was with my cousin. We both had fallen asleep, uh, and we both just looked at each other and we're like, "You want to go?" I was like, "Yeah." Yep. <laughs> Out we went. I've never we, finished that movie. Don't know. You know, I've never, I've, I've never fucking watched it. We should do it on the show. You, oh, it's so fucking bad. <laughs> oh. But yeah, we should. We should do yeah. one of the actual good Godzilla movies, though. <laughs> yeah, there's probably. like a bunch. There's of a lot. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Okay, so uh, what's the most horrifying animal? Ask our guy Grayson Hester. Okay. All right. Easy. I got this one easy. 
I've talked on the show many times about my disdain for geese, okay? Yeah. I've talked about this. Geese are just horrible, venomous creatures. I maintain that venomous. everyone who's a venomous, horrible. <laughs> I didn't um, know this about them. <laughs> they're blasphemous as well, which I kind of like Jesus, about them. Jesus, okay. I maintain anybody who's a hardcore vegan has never met a goose. That's just how it is, okay? But I'm going to explain to you why. Like, here's just more proof, okay? Uh-huh. Geese, the only animal on Earth that is so horrible that the fucking Nazis patterned their march after it. Think about it. Were they bear-stepping? Oh no. They weren't dog-stepping. Oh. They weren't duck-stepping. They are like, we should yeah. walk like the goose because the goose is the, the ultimate villain yeah. of the animal kingdom, so we will be goose-stepping, yeah? Yes, they wow. are terrible like us. That's how bad geese are. I never thought of it. That does put them in a new light. The That's how bad they are. The only people that 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 revered them were Nazis. some of the most horrible people to ever live on Earth. Yeah, yeah. They wow. patterned their march after the goose. That's how bad they are. And the geese were already doing it. Think about it that way. <laughs> they were already doing it. <laughs> you're, say, you're saying wow. the geese had intent even before. The if you think about like, it. you know what this means. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, seriously, if you consider it, you know, they, they do that stepping around, which seems, you know, a little, little sketch anyway, but then they flap those wings out. That's just double Zeke Hiles everywhere they go. Think Jesus, these motherfuckers. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. okay. Uh, for me, most horrifying animal, like, it seems like it, it could be any number of, like, things that i might ever run into but it's not it's mm, not oh. man it's not that it's the humpback whale humpback and any okay. other side any Dude. other type of whale and i don't care if they can eat me i don't care if really? they can swallow me i don't want to be near them what the wow. hell are they doing down in the goddamn deep any type of whale scary as fuck and then there's something that would kill you and i'm just like i don't want it i don't want to know that they're creatures that large i don't want to know that they dwell in the deep i don't want to know that i agree there is something about those extremely large living creatures that freaks me the living fuck out i don't know what the deal with it is man i hate it like probably like in real life if i ever saw like you know, if we live to see the day where they resurrect the fucking tyrannosaurs and shit like that, uh-huh. I will probably shit my pants. Like, I oh, will absolutely. No, I don't want out. that. No, yeah. get no. that shit out of here. Uh-uh, yeah. man, nope. So, yeah, yeah, most horrifying animals uh, it, to me all live in the briny deep, uh, which is why, to me, uh, it, you know, most horror movies set in, in water. Uh, probably gonna be a little bit i'm gonna be on edge probably I agree. like even yep. even a shitty shark movie like the meg i'm still on edge in the moments when it's like you know that, that moment when uh dwight schrute's hanging on the side of that whale carcass mm, yep. uh, mm-hmm. ooh, uh, no don't want that uh, big so, yeah. old pass yep yep okay so uh we got this one from sean gilbert what's your favorite curse word Ooh. I lean into fuck pretty hard. I, I yeah. definitely throw on fuck yeah, probably the most one. of, that's a of good all one. of them. Yeah. I probably use yeah. that in all of its, you know, myriad uses um, uh-huh. the most on a daily basis. I'm a big fan of that. 
I I am a gigantic fan of fuck yes, but goddamn to me is so versatile. Always good. Can, yes. Yeah, it can express both exasperation. It can expe- express that you are experiencing uh, a- exhilarating uh, beauty, perhaps. It can uh, express that you just saw an awesome ass. Like, all of these things are covered by just the simple goddamn. It could also mean you just fucking inhaled a couple lines of that good old classic Colombian God marching powder. Damn. Uh-huh. God damn! I said, "God damn!" And you're an Uma Thurman. Yeah. That happens. Or you, ju- or you just got yourself some nitrous. I very often hear from uh, folk right after doing a little nitrous. God damn! <laughs> God damn! Yeah, uh-huh. that's but definitely with that a fun weird one. That's nitrous classic. voice. You know, <laughs> you yeah, all know the, the nitrous voice, voice, right? Everybody listening recreationally does nitrous. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, yeah, so uh, that 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 one's a fun one. I'm going to head on over then to our Facebook, where we've also gotten so many great questions, including this one. I'm here to hang out and answer questions all fucking day. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Canadian Boy Ryan asked this question, and I I think I know the answer, but I just need to hear it from the horse's mouth. Uh Uh-oh. Do you prefer jelly or jam on a PB&J sandwich? I'm a grape jelly guy myself, but Jen, his wife, looks at me like I've committed a war crime whenever I use it. Ooh. Okay. Jelly or jam? This is a hot topic, dude. Okay. It is. It I'm is. actually really glad somebody asked this because I haven't considered how divisive this truly is. I mean, it we've is. got you know, the classic uh-huh. creamy versus crunchy or Coke versus Pepsi, sure. yada, yada. But uh-huh. shit, jelly or jam? Do you want the solids in there or not? Ooh. Right. I, I okay. think on that. So I I do like jelly. I do like it. And it, it, it really depends on what you're going for with the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Do you need a, a quick snack because you're low on sugar? Like your blood sugar is just all fucked up? I'm going to go with some jelly. I'm going to just try to get that shit, jam it down my face as, as fast as possible. But if I'm making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, because I'm like, I want to enjoy a, a peanut butter and, and, and jelly, or in this case, I would say jam. I'm going to use the strawberry jam. Oh. Strawberry jam to me, plus peanut butter, is the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich. As, again, I say pe- peanut butter and jelly. It's PB and J because jam is, I think, better. Okay, follow-up. Are you doing crunchy or creamy on there? Okay, um, I'm I'm a creamiesman, though I okay, do yeah. like crunchy peanut butter, but I like, like, if it's crunchy peanut butter, I like just, like, a spoonful of it. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want it on the bread, because it kind of mm-hmm. fucks with the texture. You bite through that, like, if it's a PB&J, again, you're probably using good old-fashioned white bread, uh, or maybe, like, a brioche. I like to use a brioche. I'm, I like to just turn it into dessert. Uh, use a brioche. You don't want, you know, you bite into that nice texture. You don't want the nuts there. Just kind of fucking with that wonderful sort of perfect bite. What about you? Okay. This is interesting. And actually, I don't think I had plumbed the depths of this before this question was asked of me, but I will say I'm a creature of the jelly. I'm a jelliesman myself. Okay. I've never identified as one before, but now I am because <laughs> here you are. 
here I am. Because like when I think about having a classic PB&J, maybe it's a hot summer day, and I've come in from maybe uh, doing a bounce on the trampoline, or maybe I've been rocking that slip and slide all day or something, and I come in for a PB&J and a Capri Sun, like you do as a <laughs> yep, yeah. near 40-year-old. Um, <laughs> there is something about... And again, this is typical American American stuff being weird about some texture things. I'm not that weird about textures and foods, but I uh-huh. will say, whenever you bite into a, a, a PB&J and the, uh, the fruit spread is cold, as it's been in the refrigerator, there's something kind of creepy about oh. those cold chunks in there. There's something kind of creepy about it, okay? Okay. Somehow to me, it's somehow less creepy if it's paired with a crunchy peanut butter because there's already some texture there. But like classic PB&J, smooth peanut butter, you know, some some soft moist bread. And then you got a creepy cold berry carcass in there. Are you feeling me now? It's just kind of weird. It's creepy. Creepy cold berry carcass. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay, so you... I think we maybe talked about this before, but do you have like texture issues with food not much not, not a whole much. lot no okay uh-uh. so just just this particular one creepy cold berry carcass gotcha but it's, okay it's splitting hairs it's splitting hairs i'm not saying i would write it off but like if i had you know uh if i had a jam on my left side and a jelly on the right side and someone asked me which one of these feels creepier in your mouth i would be uh-huh. like probably the jam one yeah probably jam, the jam one. to the left of me jelly to the right here i am <laughs> Stuck in a sandwich with you. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'll put it out uh-huh. there that if it's a piece of open face toast where I can see oh, okay. the the um, the fruit graveyard that I have spread upon it to go with my <laughs> breakfast, and I can see those creepy cold berry corpses, it's way less creepy then. You like to know they're there. You like to yeah. see it with your eyes. Like, I'm ready for it. I bite into then. your corpse. Yeah, yeah. okay. I'm ready cool. for it at that point. <laughs> All right. Question. So the, Damn. Thanks. Thanks for that one, Canadian boy Ryan. Um, uh, our guy RDM asks us to describe yourself as a salad dressing. Ooh, describe now, myself as a salad dressing. Now, uh, this is. I, I I have been thinking about this a lot lately. It's interesting that that it was asked because. It's been hot here in Portland, and I've just been in the mood for salads. So I've been eating some salads. Had a salad with like you know some uh, some like uh, toasted chickpeas and stuff, and green goddess dressing the other day. Mm-hmm. I had a Caesar mm-hmm. the other day. Love a Caesar. Czar salad, very good. Yeah, I what I have found is there are dressings that I keep around, like ranch, that I never put on a salad. Mm, I don't okay, that's a dunker. A, that's a dunker for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't want. I don't. I don't necessarily want a salad with ranch on it. I, I want ranch for like I don't know uh, any number of other applications. When I a want pizza a bone, mm-hmm. right? A pizza bone, for instance. Yeah. When I want salad dressing on a salad, I want it to be a more vinegary, oily type of type of thing, or a little a little creamy, but not overly creamy. Just. Something that doesn't overpower the salad, you know? Mm, uh, okay. But when I'm describing myself, I would never describe myself as something that doesn't overpower a salad. Uh, and uh, I'd call myself a thick, creamy boy. So I'm going to call myself ranch dressing. 
Damn, you're a ranchman, huh? A real life yeah, I ranchman. I guess I am. Uh huh. Thick, creamy Damn. boy. Um. Wow. You know, myself, if I was going to describe myself as a salad dressing, as one does, it would definitely be something mayonnaise-free. There is no mayonnaise in my system, okay, like at any time. I want everybody listening to know, this is a mayo-free zone, okay? <laughs> you you are a mayo-free zone. B- I just am. dump the mayo directly into my veins. Mm-mm, no, not this vessel. This, this vessel is a temple... And I don't fucking go slather in the temple in no mile nice, okay? Okay. That, that desecrates a temple to do it that way. Does it drains it? me of my powers, yes. Wow, so, egg whites and oil put together will destroy Ben. <laughs> nope, not having none of that shit, man. So yeah, there's gotcha. definitely none of that in there. Um, I think that probably... I'm probably going to say it's it's something around the the area of like a a savory garlicky um like a, a red wine vinaigrette kind of thing i've been whining oh, yeah. a lot more okay. lately so it's like mm-hmm. there's definitely a body of wine in me uh, right and there's constantly garlic like i'm constantly a garlicky uh-huh. person yeah that's same. just a given always yeah so i i think i'd probably land somewhere in that spectrum of like a red wine kind of vinaigrette kind of guy which ironically i don't really love on a salad a little too pungent for me but hey I don't love myself all the time either, guys. Oh, 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 oh God. He's okay. really hurting. He's really hurting yeah. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I was a salad dressing I loved, like Caesar. I wish <laughs> I was no. a Caesar. I want to oh, be a man. ruler. Oh, 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 so, then <laughs> we'll be gently weeping in the background oh, throughout the rest. No. So Kev Bickerdike asks, why have you not covered George Romero's Martin yet? I don't know. Uh, no idea. Uh, I've never seen it. We, we you know, I, I, we put it on the, the vote for, for No Vampire. We'll do it. it yes. I like it a lot. It, it actually disgusts me. Uh, but he also asks, uh, what is your favorite horror film soundtrack? And that Ooh. is well worth discussion Fuck. because there's so many good ones. Um. But I think for me, it's probably going to be a Carpenter score. Just not Damn, sure it's hard which. To beat, dude. Yeah, like the thing. Uh, Prince of Darkness's score is fucking rad. Whether you like so the movie good. or not, the score is so good. The Mouth of uh, Madness fucking Mouth of Madness, is dope. Yes, with the Metallica like sound, Fuck it's yeah. so good. Yeah, it's so good, man. The, the mm-hmm. OG Halloween is just. Oh God yeah, God damn! Absolutely. Like Laurie's theme, all of that uh-huh. shit is so fucking cool and so memorable. Damn, that one that one is really hard to beat. That one's fucking iconic to me. Yeah. But then they're also, you know, like Goblin. We love a Goblin God soundtrack. Damn, dude. Yeah. I jam the Suspiria soundtrack constantly. It's yeah, it's so amazing. Fucking Absolutely awesome, amazing. Dude. Damn, dude. Yeah, it, it's probably between yeah, a, a carpenter and a and a goblin for me. But but also too, man, like the shining. Like you can play me oh, one yeah. second of any bit of the wow. soundtrack from the shining. Yeah, and I, that I know is iconic. I know the shining. Uh-huh. Oh man, so much yeah. good shit in there! Damn, that's yeah. a tough one. That is a tough one, but also it, it's a tough one because there's such a wealth of so many great horror soundtracks. Um, but yeah, the for Crow. me, like Carpet, the Crow, yeah, the Crow soundtrack is rad. We did talk Easy about 10. that. <laughs> yeah, so good. Damn. Yeah. Um. Okay, uh, and Ro- Rob Sanzone asks, what was the first movie that legit scared you? How old were you, and where did you see it? 
Um, <clears throat> boy, I think it was the Lair of the White Worm for me. Never seen it. Uh, oh man, Ken Russell movie. I haven't seen it in a long time because um, my grandmother and I watched it late at night one night on uh, it was summer vacation. I think I was oh maybe five or six. Oh wow, early. Yeah, early. yeah. And I I had seen a bunch of horror movies up to this point, and I guess like it had never like dawned on me that it was anything more than a movie. But Lair of the White and Lair of the White Worm is not one that should dawn on you as a as uh, something more than a movie because it it, it very much like uh, uh, embraces its moviness. But for some reason that like you know some of the sort of psychedelic scenes and stuff from it uh, got to me and and it, it really as a kid like just uh, I remember feeling dread and not knowing Ooh, why. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that that one that one for sure like that's a memory that has stuck with me. Though I'm sure I saw a movie before that that scared me. It just I just don't remember what it was. I do know it also could have been the V miniseries. Uh, you know, do you know V? It's like no. aliens come down and like it's eventually revealed that they even though they look human, they're wearing human skin suits and they're lizards underneath. What that scared the, the shit out of me as a kid. Yeah, as a kid, it scared me so much. I remember it was like a rerun of it because it it had, I think it had uh, like shown a couple of years before that or something, and they're rerunning it during a summer. And I remember watching it and just being like, "What?" Robert England's in it. It's definitely but worth wait, a watch. This this like isn't Alienation. This is a different thing. No, it's a mini series. Yeah, it was V. It's it's definitely worth a watch. I think. Whoa, weird, dude. Hmm. Uh, what about Man, you? so, you know, growing up, like, super conservative like I did, I wasn't exposed to, like, horror movies at all. Like, we didn't really watch anything scary. Um, and I, I've mentioned this on the podcast, I think, at some point years ago. But I remember a time which I was probably, I bet I was probably five or six. And I was with my, my family, my brother and my mom and my dad. And we were at that... What was that fucking shit ass like steak restaurant out by the mall in Morristown, Tennessee? Was that a Sizzler? What was that? <laughs> I think it was a Sizzler. Yeah, uh huh. We were I know there. exactly where you're talking about. Yes, and I ate, dude. I ate at that exact Sizzler so many times as a kid. <laughs> and it's so bizarre, man, because I remember the entire the entire situation was really weird because, like, as a kid. You know, I, I always had to stay close to my, you know, mom or dad whenever we were out in public. Like, I was never the kid to get dropped off at the arcade and my parents would pick me up later. Like, it was always stay close, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, this was the age of the satanic panic. So, I might have gotten grabbed by some, you know, Dungeons and Dragon player and flushed down a turlet if I wasn't with mom or dad. So, <laughs> That's I had to stay do. close. That's what, That's what they, they do. do. That's what they uh, did anyway. You know, we, yep. we fought them off though, you know? Yep, we fought off the D&D players uh-huh. and they could no longer <laughs> flush kids down the toilet to a sex dungeon. <laughs> that Way to go us. fucked up thing is that sentence makes sense to some people, Steve. Yeah, yeah. That sentence In 1984, like 50% of people would have been like, yeah, I'm glad we stopped totally. it. <laughs> I got rid of my toilets just so no Satanist could <laughs> just, dunk a kid in it. I got an outhouse now. Kids ain't going nowhere. What the fuck? Jesus. It's almost as if we were raised by people that were fucking going through lead poisoning. I don't know. Couldn't possibly be. Couldn't possibly be. So anyway, so this was particularly weird because my parents were, 
like at a table and then my brother and I were like off in some other area. I guess it's kind of like the kids kids area, you know? And like we were eating in there while my parents were eating in the main dining room. I guess they had like uh-huh. a little, you know, separate little kids wing or whatever where they had uh-huh. toys and TVs and shit like that. That was really unusual. I remember God, this is so weird. I like remember what their fucking dry ass chicken tenders tasted like. Like I remember it right now. I Isn't stuff also like that strange? Remember that. Uh-huh. Yes, like, it is. It. I like fuck? you talking about it. I remember the entire layout that yes. you're talking about. Yeah. Yes, dude. And I haven't been there in thirty oh, something years. I imagine. Yeah, totally right. Like fucking yeah, probably thirty five years ago at this point. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And so anyway, so we were separated, and they had Beetlejuice on the TV. I could probably do okay. the research and yeah, think about what year. What was what year was Beetlejuice? That was like eighty. Ooh. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> you keep talking and I'll Damn. tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the research on that. And uh, they had Beetlejuice playing on the TV, and I was just enjoying my my dry ass, terrible chicken tendies that were covered in uh-huh. way too much cornmeal and not seasoned enough. And uh, it got to that scene where Gina Davis pulls her face off when she's in uh-huh. that closet, right? She rips her yeah. face off to scare the people away. I did not find it funny at all. Yeah. And. Uh, I remember like running back to my parents' table and just being fucking terrified of that shit. <laughs> and now, again, this is over Share Central with Uncle right. Ben. Now that I think about it too, goddamn, I think what makes it all worse is like knowing knowing how my 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 parents' relationship was before they got divorced. Like uh-huh. any time that they like went on a date or like went to a restaurant or whatever. Yeah. W- was usually like a let's try to patch this up and keep this going kind oh. of occasion. Oh no. And you know, it's like, yeah, we were kids, but we were we fucking knew what was going on, dude. Like you, uh-huh. you know. You know when your parents yeah. are getting along and shit, you know. So I think that there's kind of that added layer <laughs> of like <laughs> trauma caked onto this where it's like oh, no. mom and dad are trying to make this work. Holy shit, this movie's fucked up. I'm scared. We gotta go. Like I think that that added to the trauma, frank- frankly. Like it's fucked up, but I think that's part of it. Um so Beetlejuice came out in eighty eight, so it's probably eighty nine. Yeah, so I was probably I was probably five. Yeah, yeah. I was probably five at that point. Just a little and Yeah. So yeah, that's the first time I remember getting really scared by a movie is that and i don't think i watched beetlejuice until i was in my 20s wow yes i mean that unlocked so much right (laughs) that question that's crazy yeah there was a lot i remember chicken tenders and just all kinds of nightmares morristown all the bad things (laughs) i think uh i think maybe uh uh we do we do one more um and we'll go we'll go over to instagram most underrated movie we've seen recently. Bryce asked us this. Most underrated movie that you've seen recently. I know you just saw what was it? The uh, Bones Luke and Drug All, dude. Bones fucking and all. Bones and All. Easily, said, dude. Like yeah. I don't know how that movie didn't take over the world. It's fucking phenomenal. That movie's incredible. That's definitely uh-huh. my answer. Okay. Yeah, I'm and and I still need to see it and I kinda I, we got to do it on the show. <laughs> like I, it, it seems to have like really taken hold of you, and I and I really do want to, to get damn, deep dude. into it. Yeah. Um, I say un, you know, underrated. I would say uh, 
I hear people talk about Pontypool, but you know, I just watch Pontypool, and and every time I watch it, it's it's like, man, there is something going on here that is so uncomfortable and good, and I want to I want to understand it better. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I don't hear enough people singing Pontypool's praises. I don't think because it, it's definitely well worth a watch so that's the one i've seen most recently i but there are a ton of great underrated movies we've talked about in the past i mean hell yeah man uh including uh, all of the slumber party massacre movies except for three all of those yeah. movies are underrated even if you think so they're great you're underrating them they're better than that <laughs> totally agree ken bickerdyke yeah. and i were just talking about fucking black coat's daughter dude oh that movie man rules. way underrated people Holy need to talk shit. about oz perkins and that movie way more it is so fucking good so fucking good man so good so yeah um uh thanks everybody for submitting i yeah. know we couldn't get to everybody's so we we uh we did a good amount there thanks for the for the questions good shit yeah thank you guys so much for contributing to this fucking segment that we just did here on the show man i'm actually almost done with this br already it's really really, really fucking <laughs> that's good, awesome man. I've still been continuing the summer of spritz. I mentioned this a couple oh, weeks yeah, ago. The I was kind of spritzes. like keeping this going. Yeah, dude, I, I fucking killed so much Aperol lately. I love an <laughs> Aperol spritz. And I also, I ran out of Aperol the other day, so I made uh, Hugo spritzes. I mentioned this oh. a couple months ago when I had a Hugo spritz for the first time. God damn it. That is such a good drink. You ever had one? I have not. What, what is but, a Hugo spritz? Oh, man. Four ounces champagne. Two ounces St. Germain elderflower liqueur. One ounce of a soda water on top. Uh-huh. And uh, you want to uh, put you like a, a lime wedge in there. If you got some uh-huh. mint around, fucking slap that shit and stick it in there. Sounds God good. Damn. Sounds refreshing. It is. It is yeah. so fucking good, man. I've definitely been destroying those here lately. I've been still just generally drinking a lot less than I yeah. have in a long time. And um, guess what? I've been feeling really good lately. Shocker. What? Well, that doesn't make any sense. No Alcohol sense. is something your body needs, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mine needs less of it now <laughs> than it used to. <laughs> I don't understand this. If you're not getting your daily value of alcohol, uh, you're going to die <laughs> yeah. of a lack of alcohol. <laughs> I think so. Oh, yeah. um, my, my other addiction recently, paper plane. You ever had a paper plane? No. What is this? It, it's it's fitting right in with my Aperol thing. So it's, uh, it's equal parts of a, a bourbon and um, Aperol. A Amaro, okay, and lemon juice. Just shake over ice. It's like a delicious, like you know, before dinner kind of drink. Um, it's like somewhere in between, like some of those wonderful bitter herbaceous Italian aperitifs and like a uh-huh. tiki drink. It's somewhere in the middle of that. And fuck, man, it's so good. I've been on a big roll with those here lately too. Wow, we're talking about a TCM part trace. We've done uh, one and two over the years of the show and this is my first time watching this one whenever we decided on this one i was kind of excited just because i had not seen this one and i i don't really hear people talking about this one very much i mean of yeah course the you don't first hear a lot one, about it. it it's just it's just legendary um the second one has its own hardcore cult following by people yeah. who just love mm-hmm. the fucking cocaine laden craziness right. i love the second one too man yep mm-hmm. and then it's like i hear people talk about you know what a piece of shit uh what's it called is it next generation and the 3d one and the remake like people talk about all those 
but they step over part three. Like, I didn't know anything well, about this other than yeah. Vigo is in it. That's all I knew. Well, I would say people don't talk about Next Generation either, and they should. And we'll, we'll mm. talk about it on the show eventually. But the first four Texas Chainsaw Massacres made by four different uh, production companies and distribution companies and never really having a central vision because you lose Toby Hooper after the second one. And even the second one wasn't really a connected vision to the first one. Um, that that like wildness of those first four I really appreciate because I grew up with this movie... Um, I, I remember my my brother used to rent this all the time because he just really loved the Fredo character, thought it was hilarious. And I agree. Mm. I think fucking like when you look at this movie, there it's got its flaws, it's got its issues, it's got, you know, Definitely. an ending that makes no sense. But it does it doesn't have a problem with performances. Vigo's bringing it fucking uh uh uh, ken faree you got uh what's his name uh joe unger who plays tinker so fucking good tom Everett who plays fredo like everybody's doing a great job and i always remember just like i don't know like i've always watched i've watched this movie so many times and i've always just vibed with it like i like the vibe of it even though i know it's got its issues it's got its problems and we'll talk about those I didn't know what to expect, though, because the first one is obviously just so, you know, legendarily grueling and punishing and depraved. And then yeah. the second one is this fucked up comic book, damn dark comedy kind of thing. Uh-huh. I didn't know which way this one was going to go. And I feel like it really tried to split the difference between the two because it yeah. is a much more punishing, grueling watch than part two, but it's got more humor and wackiness than part yeah. one. It feels mm-hmm. like they really did try to think like, what is the straight middle line between these two movies? And I think they, I think they hit it. I think the tone does walk that line. Um, whether or not you like that tone, I don't know. I sure. like it. I think it's, I think it's good, but I get it. If somebody's like, I do not like this because it is uh, simultaneously grueling and then also expecting a couple laughs to come out of you every once in a while. So totally. that is a yeah. weird tightrope to walk, but I, yeah, I do it enjoy also, it. also like continues the, the you know, the, the tradition that we've had in all the other TCM movies where there's a lot of annoying ass characters. Like part of TCM is kind of annoying you with who's on screen. Like there's not really a lot of lovable characters or, or villains in this entire franchise and this one continues that too i mean yeah. characters like like alfredo for example like like he's, you said the guy's despicable. performance is amazing but he's yeah. despicable dude yeah, he's, he's a piece disgusting. of disgusting yeah. just a fucking yeah. pervert nasty ass piece of shit yeah yeah and 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 yeah the family is i would say this is the most charming version of the family but their charm is it fades away very quickly. Like you got Tex who he does, he puts on the best, like most normal face, but that makes him. Yeah. Yeah. That makes him even scarier. Like when he's nailing, uh, our, you know, our, our main girl, Michelle's, uh, hands to that chair and then just flippantly says, so how you like Texas? Like, yeah, that's so creepy and frightening to know that he can appear so normal and he's not he's the exact opposite yeah and there's something creepy about it too where he has these 
these inner sensitivities, like when nobody will call him Tex, yeah. which is like his name he's chosen for himself, and nobody will call him that. And he like is genuinely like, man, it kind of hurts my feelings that you don't call me Tex. I've told you in the well, past, and they, I want you to I, call me that. That's a very human not, grounded thing. And they're not not calling him Tex out of like uh, a meanness. They're just forgetting. Cause like when he says that, you know, Tinker's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do like, there's a real, like familial love amongst these people. Even though, again, as we said, they're despicable, they're evil, they're bad, but the movie is showing us like, yeah, um, in, a, in like our morality from our point of view, they're bad, but like they see themselves and love each other and they it's just that they see humans as food (laughs) it's like bob's burgers if the burgers were made out of people right yes if if the bob's burgers original premise of of yeah the burgers being made out of people was was real that's kind of how it would play out i feel like yeah and this is yeah this is showing us like yeah i'm i'm genuinely affected by the scene where where tex you know is his voice is quivering like vigo mortensen does bring so much to this role but like his voice is quivering uh but he's still asserting himself and it's like it's so interesting and we'll get (laughs) we'll get further in to like uh, the production and stuff uh, in a little bit but i i I really like just want to focus on vigo for a second because his character is presented as as uh, uh, potentially queer. We see yeah, him he, with he said pain. in an interview that he played his character as though he was secretly gay. Yeah, yeah, and he's 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 got painted fingernails and he's wearing that frilly um, uh, apron. And again, I'm not saying these things make you gay, but in '90s film language, that's how you indicate someone's yes. gay. Further, yeah. you know, showing him uh, uh, as the sort of arbiter, like he's the person, not arbiter, but the, the uh, yeah, arbiter. He's he's the one who steps in between the the you know uh, Tinker and, and Leatherface whenever they're having issues. He he tries to divert uh, Tinker's um, anger a lot. So he's he's like this like peaceful, uh, like lovingly motivated character which again is kind of 90s film language for feminized or or gay in some Mm -hmm. way so Mm -hmm. like you got this character of tex who's who's presented as as a queer element we've talked about before uh you know in the first texas chainsaw massacre leatherface is wearing makeup and again acting feminized and acting as though you know uh uh he's like the mother of the group in some way or like like a daughter in some way uh, the this whole like the first four TCM movies kind of deal with queerness a lot. Four specifically d- it is dealing with it a good bit, but they're gonna say deal isn't there like a there's like a cross dressing element or something in that one? Yeah, right? uh huh. Yeah, I've just seen the posters. That's all I know about it. Right, <laughs> it's definitely worth checking out. It's weird. It's got Matthew McConaughey in it and Renee Zellweger. Um, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> yeah, but it it um it's interesting to me because like. Basically, what you've got here is people living on the fringes, and they accept each other, and they accept each other's queerness, and that's that's it's a real interesting way of presenting this odd family as simultaneously being you know they hunt humans for sport and enjoy our pain, 
but they also really love and respect each other. And like, I mean, if we put this in modern context, this is woke because he says he wants to be called by one name. And instead of being told, well, that's not your name. He's told, I'm sorry. I forgot. Hmm. Yeah. True. So it, seeming, seemingly saying in 1990, it was very easy for a cannibalistic redneck to understand that if somebody says their name is different now, that's their name now. Yeah, that's what they want to be identified yeah. as, right? Yep. Even they can understand it. <laughs> Even they can understand, yeah. And they so eat like, people and are horrible. <laughs> they eat people and they're horrible, but there's kind of a sympathetic portrayal and it's real interesting to me. And I like what they did with this like to me these first four texas chainsaw massacre movies now the more i get perspective on them the more i'm like as a franchise i wish we had seen where that would have kept going like how Mm. weird would it have gotten instead of just the constant rehashes of more and more prequels or more and more explanations of why leatherface is who he is i don't need that right yeah Yeah. like like these movies just got so up their own ass about like Remember that thing that happened in the very first one? That was fucked up, right? Right, right, yeah. yeah. This series, like, love for its own nostalgia is its downfall. And that's kind of yeah. the funny thing is, like, part two didn't really do any of that. And no, people kind of shit on it for it. But it's like, okay, yeah. meanwhile, you got all these other ones that are just trying to relive. Like, hey, remember when Leatherface slammed that door? Remember the <laughs> din- dinner scene? Uh, yeah. Which, you know, by the way, Leatherface... Always be slamming some doors. That fella. He does. He loves He don't know how to just get it on the hinge in any kind of appropriate <laughs> manner. Can you imagine? Nope. You're driving that guy fucking anywhere. You know how it is, <laughs> get, man. You got a yeah. car. You like it. You're proud of it. Somebody uh, slams the damn dog shit out of that door. You hear that window rattling around inside of the door uh-huh. box and stuff. It's fucking annoying, man. That guy probably <laughs> doesn't rides very much. That's <laughs> true. I bet Leatherface would not do well hitchhiking. Uh, what if he's got one of those... Like refrigerators that's got the the thing that holds the eggs in the door, oh. and then every time he opens that refrigerator and he slams that thing, all the eggs just go flying everywhere in there. It's like, God damn it, Leatherface! Can't you just fucking close this thing quiet? Like, how do you think Leatherface zips up his fly? Do you think it's violent as fuck? Ah, uh, gotta close that barn door. I'm gonna bet he's a little bit more gentle down there, but I bet like early on he'd do it real hard and fast, and then one day he caught he caught the wrong thing, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh shit, don't do that." <laughs> what about maybe like closing like a like a to go styrofoam container of food, like of, of a low main or something like that? Do you think he just slam dunks the shit out of it? Like he's just got to close. The shit out of everything. Maybe his tabs on his internet browser. You think he slams that mouse just because he's got to close everything real hard? I think so, yeah. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) So, back to the movie where he he does do a lot of the same things that he does in the first one. Uh, And and I think it's interesting because... We're watching it now. We've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre a million times, etc. So on... We watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. We see all the nods, and they're all there, and it's a million fucking nods. I don't know that everybody saw it in 1990. I don't know that everybody had seen the original a million times. I don't know that. Yeah. So I feel um, I feel like it walks an okay line, but yes, 
it is rehashing so much stuff. Like I was trying to think of something it didn't rehash earlier when we were talking before we started recording, and I said, "Well, it didn't have anybody in a wheelchair." Oh wait, Except no, it did. it did. It did have yep. somebody in a wheelchair. It has like so many of the exact same elements, but mixed up in an interesting and new, fun way, and with that uh, kind of different tone of trying to, you know, balance the second and the first one. So that all doesn't bother me too much, but it is. Yeah, it, it it is just like it it's constant. I mean, you got the even Fredo with the Polaroid camera and everything. Just like it's that confused all there. me. Yeah, because you know, knowing that going into this, they had recast some characters. Gunnar Hansen was not playing um, Leatherface; it's played by a different dude. Uh-huh. Uh, wait, it's Gunnar Hansen, right? Yeah, from the first one, Gunnar Hansen. Okay, was the I first said that out loud, and I was like, "Wait, uh-huh. is that an '80s hair metal guy?" <laughs> Why is it like that? <laughs> Could be. Yeah, <laughs> um, that actually is a great hair metal band name, Gunnar it, Hansen. Yes, yeah, Gunnar good. Hansen yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so like knowing that people had been recast, whenever we got to that first scene at the Last Chance gas station, and Alfredo is like taking Polaroids and shit, I was like, "Oh shit! Like, is this the Hitcher?" From the first nope. one? Is that who this nope. guy is? <laughs> Just the unrelated guy who does the same thing. Yeah. It's it's interesting, but it's it's also just like Yeah, you didn't need to do it. You didn't need to have all the wink winking homage to the first one, but whatever. Uh, they do also have uh uh Stretch, played by uh what's her name? Caroline Caroline Williams. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they do have stretch in a, in a moment, to, basically as a nod to the second one, and and uh, I read that they they saw that as like that is stretch the character that she's become a an investigative reporter to try to find Leatherface. I like that. So that's yeah, a cool like final girl cool. move to pivot off yes. of my tragedy and become this reporter and all that stuff. But yeah. it yeah. did make me question like what what exactly is the continuity that we're following here? Because right at the end of part two. Didn't Leatherface die? Didn't he get like blown up or something? <laughs> well, okay, so in this one we were supposed to at a certain point they were planning on showing Leatherface's face and it was gonna be all fucked up from you know, the events at the end of part two. Uh but then they decided because like and uh, you know, I'll talk again more about the production, but basically this is uh Bob Shea trying to get a new franchise for for new line because he saw freddy coming to an end now you know uh dream child had just come out and as we know uh there were several more nightmare on elm street after that but it, it, he really was just trying to be done with nightmare on elm street uh and he thought texas chainsaw massacre might be the thing um and so this was meant to set up sequels and they decided to not show his face in this one because they wanted to do it in a a sequel afterward (laughs) and Hmm. so instead of just making a movie that would have like you if you saw his face and saw it was all fucked up you'd be like oh that must have been from part two somehow he survived Hmm. But no, instead they don't show us that. You can kind of see it if you pay, you know, if you're paying attention, you look in the eye holes in the mouth hole, you can see his skin is like kind of burnt and stuff. So, yeah. It is there, hmm. but yeah, like why why not just show it? Why why plan for fucking sequels? Just make a good movie now. 
Well, it seems like they're most directly trying to tie this to part one with that intro yeah. crawl mm-hmm. that we get where it's like Sally Hardesty is, is uh-huh. dead. She died right. in like a, a health center and the, the one guy from the Sawyer family got turned in and they determined that Leatherface wasn't was a separate alternate, guy. Yeah, yeah. But was yeah, an was an alternate personality. Yeah. And so yeah. as far as the authorities knew, they stopped all the killings, but they didn't know that the real Leatherface is still out there. And then we find out that, yeah, Leatherface is still out there, but he also has a bunch of other Sawyer family members that we've never seen or okay, heard of before, well, but he's related to? Like, who the fuck are these people? Well, I mean... <laughs> it would make sense that we've never seen or heard of any of his other family. Like, why would we have ever seen that or heard it? The only times we've seen them is when they're trying to kill somebody. Like, we haven't got much backstory on them. But the movie doesn't give us much to go on with who they are. We know that the woman in the wheelchair is called Mama, and she calls... Um, she calls uh leatherface jr i believe that this is a case where this is leatherface's aunt i believe not not positive on that leatherface's aunt and um uh tinker and and tex are her sons Uh, maybe and (laughs) the little girl is definitely leatherface's daughter because that is that is said explicitly. Yeah, yeah. Because apparently Leatherface makes the best kids. Because I guess also in addition to eating the people, he'd be raping the people. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, but that's implied in part two because yeah, he gets yeah, yeah the, with the, the 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 scene early on in in the radio uh, place, and then out, just entirely his relationship with Stretch beyond that. Seems yeah, to cha- be the chainsaw yeah. at the crotch and stuff. It's all yeah, very phallic yeah. imagery. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, we we, we kind of got an indication of that, and this does confirm that that he's you know I mean it's not like we thought the murderous cannibal was above that. I thought uh, he was also, a nice guy, really. <laughs> right. Also, this family is uh, overtly racist, uh, and and it was like my there was that moment where I was like, oh, I'm shocked, and I was like, oh, they eat people, also, right? Yeah, they probably are racist that would make sense in um, that way they're very much not like the belcher family on bob's Burgers, no, who seem to no, be very no. sweet and not racist yeah so. but yeah so so the family relationship there the one thing i do question because mama says that she she had her bits cut out she did it oh, herself yeah right? there's like weird like castration talk and uh and yeah. stuff in there yeah and i i don't know if you got any of this or if anybody listening got any of this but to me tex and tinker don't talk like brothers they talk like lovers i didn't think i picked up on that really now i don't know now i'm thinking about it though yeah yeah Hmm. so i don't know that they are related because i did read uh, some stuff from the director where he saw this as kind of like found family in some ways of like these are people who you know all are of a, of a mind they might not all be related but they're of one mind they all agree on this so it's possible that you know you got some familiar relations and some that are uh, are just like-minded cannibals mm. <laughs> yeah 
so that that's i mean that's that's interesting but yeah you're right like the thing is that like even though some things are kind of clear because we know grandpa's there and she mama calls her grandpa like gotta assume that there's some relationship there and we know that the daughter is definitely leatherface's daughter but other than that it's just guesswork <laughs> and yeah. it would be nice if there was something a little more more overt but also i don't necessarily need it i i'm i i gather pretty quickly who these characters are, are who these characters are and the actors are doing such a great job of just bringing the characters to life that yeah i'm i'm okay with i don't truly understand how these people are related <laughs> i know right i'm i'm at odds because part of me is like Okay, doing another fucked up cannibal Sawyer family is, again, just more service to right. the other TCM properties where it's like, well, you yeah. got to have a family of these things. Part of me thinks, like, it would have been really interesting to see a movie where the entire Sawyer family got busted and Leatherface had just been living on his own with his kind of childlike ways and stuff. Like, what would just a Leatherface left to his own devices have been like? But then you wouldn't have had the fucked up family aspect which is part of what you know draws people to this franchise i guess but calling yeah. it leatherface on its own i mean kind of lets you know he's sort of the main attraction so they probably could have just made him the main attraction well i mean yeah i think leatherface isn't enough to carry a movie honestly i think mm-hmm. that's it like like michael myers uh can't carry a movie we know that like you need loomis you need um, you need Jamie Lee Curtis, honestly. Like you need the other characters surrounding Michael Myers for that to work. Sure, and I feel like well, Leatherface yeah, is a non-verbal similar. killer, yeah. which is what we have in so many of these franchises. Yeah. Can't really do the heavy lifting on their own. Yeah, and I mean, like you know, uh, Jason is able to do it, but that's because Jason is known for kill creativity and stuff like that, and that's not really Leatherface. He's not known for specifically creative kills, so I think maybe that had to go into their thinking of like, we can't just have Leatherface on his own. We need some other people to do the character work to bring us in to draw us into these people and and give us the idea of what's going on but mm-hmm. yeah i mean i see what you're saying that yeah but i no, i i i i they've tried making those right like these some of these newer movies they've had the leatherface movie that's just him right yeah, yeah i don't care about it i don't care about it yeah so no i i think it was a great idea to create these characters um this is a a film that is i mean as i said it's it's coming out of new line and it's coming out at a time where we've had like dream child and um you know uh, friday 13th part seven and those movies were like so heavily edited by the mpaa oh and yeah this just movie, completely slaughtered yeah, yeah. They knew going in, like Bob Shea knew going in, that they were going to have to keep very strictly to the budget, but also that they were going to have to cut so much stuff for the MPAA. So, like, a lot of stuff got kind of neutered earlier on, but, like, they really did let Jeff Burr, who they hired to make the film, make the film he wanted to make. Um, so if you get to, uh, like we, I watched the unrated version, but there's also like 
further scenes that show the stuff that got cut that the director mm. shot so well and and like they put together so well specifically like the guy hanging upside down getting hit by the sledgehammer and like okay. uh right, the yeah. woman in the woods basically getting bisected by the fucking chainsaw Whoa. and stuff like getting terrified stu- yeah all that stuff was so good and it was almost like from i watched the making of documentary it's almost like from the making of documentary it's like the producers knew, like they let him make that stuff, but it's like they knew they weren't going to be able to show most of it because right. of the MPAA. Um, but you just so trim then, and trim and trim trying to get yeah. a decent rating and hope you get yeah. to keep some of it in there. And that that's like, yeah. that's the first big impression that I got out of this movie. Like after the ball really started rolling and we started having, you know, some of these kills that were off screen kills and obvious bits of stuff missing, like... Right. I, I watched the rated cut that's on um, Amazon and stuff to rent uh-huh. right now, and I was just like, man, this feels like a movie that got butchered by the MPAA, who was just yeah. at their you know, utmost strictest at this point, and just hating on horror movies at this point, especially. I just got the impression that I was like, man, I bet there's a lot of cool stuff that got left there on is. the cutting yeah. floor. There is, there is, and it's um, it's well worth looking at. Check out the unrated uh, uh, version that uh, brings back like four minutes of things, um, oh, including wow. yeah. you know some fingers getting shot off and and some other things, just more extended scenes and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, they, they they really just hacked at it, and I mean those movies I just named. We, we talked about it with. Uh, dream child there was like the the motorcycle guy right that was like the wires like integrated with him and it looks so cool so and the mpa cool. cut it uh and then you got like uh friday the 13th part 7 almost all the gore was cut out of that film and it, it it just makes it such a neutered film you don't even get to see it this though they neutered so many of the good like gore shots kmb did the effects so it looks fucking rad oh yeah even though they eliminated it it still carries a grisly tone even though I you agree. don't see the stuff you yeah. feel it you feel it it's yeah. it's there i'll say that this is the closest that i've seen in a long time of somebody getting to that tone of the first tcm where you think of it in your mind as being this brutal grueling you know gory ass movie but in reality like there's nearly zero fucking blood on screen in the first text right. chainsaw yeah um, this movie has a little bit of that quality where you're right. It's like, it's not really showing as much anything, but it's punishing, you know, like, yeah. especially once they get her into the house and yeah, they, they nail her hands to the chair and there's just a lot of screaming and terrible yeah. shit and just suffering going on. Like it has a very similar feel, man. And, and also too, it was a big reveal to me to be like, Oh Wow. Rob Zombie truly never thought of anything original ever in any of his movies. Like <laughs> even if fucking Devil's Rejects when that that yeah that dude gets nailed to the chair, it's like oh he just did that because it was in TCM three. Like he did ugh, no original uh, ideas. I mean you know it's, TCM three was a movie that did so poorly at the box office, and as you said, people don't really talk about it. Uh, it's like you know in Decent a lot homage. of ways, it's yeah it's homage to something people probably haven't seen. So I, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't think that uh, that's terrible. But uh, you know, we could talk Rob Zombie until we're blue in the face, and we will at some point when we do Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> but I, I think that uh, this movie did bring that that gritty 
tone, even though it got pared down a lot by the MPAA. This was like perfect storm too, because the MPA had just come down so hard on them for the Friday the 13th five. And there was, I think there was like issues with six as well. And they also, when Canon did Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, they decided to not even like present it for rating. So they released it unrated. So the MPA was pissed off at Texas Chainsaw Massacre and pissed off at new line. And it was like, well, there's no way this is not going to get hacked to shit, but they still they still were able to put something together that that works. I I think it's interesting when you look into the production that this also like as we talked about with um Dream Master uh, was that it Dream Master was that part 6 fuck Dream, I think so. child, dream, dream child Dream Master I don't know part 6 was uh <laughs> uh potentially going to be directed by Peter Jackson because new line yeah. was Interested in Peter Jackson and wanted to work with him. And as we know, that eventually landed on him doing the Lord of the Rings movies, which was fucking awesome. But also, they considered him, and he was their their number one for this role if he had wanted it. They wanted him to direct this Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. What a movie that would have been. Dude, talk about bridging the gap between the gore and the humor. Fuck. Right, Peter Jackson yeah. would have destroyed this movie, and it would have been Absolutely. amazing. Uh, it, it still would have got cut to shit, but yes, hell it, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's interesting because they they wanted Peter Jackson. Um, they had Viggo Mortensen come in to read for the role of Tex. Audition was terrible, so they didn't offer him the role. Brought someone in. Two days on set, they decide that they don't like the guy. Oh. So they call up Vigo Mortensen and ask if he can come down and, and shoot. So Vigo gets the role and he's so good. Like it, it had to have just been an off day when he had that audition because he's so good in the role. But that connects him with New Line, which means we eventually get Vigo as Aragorn. So, wow, man. Like, New Line was cooking some shit up in the, in this era when it was releasing movies that weren't making them money. They still were working toward what would become Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, by doing this stuff, so that, that's that's so interesting to me. Man, speaking of Vigo, Kay had something interesting to say about this, which I had not factored in. Okay, how is it that Vigo Mortensen has played so many duplicitous roles? Okay, he's Strider, mm, uh-huh. he's a ranger. Right. Just kidding, he's also the king. Oh, right. he's this uh, hitchhiker guy at the Last Chance gas station. No, he's not, right. he's Tex, he's a cannibal. Uh, fucking mm-hmm. history of violence, he's a family uh-huh. man. No, he's not, he's a mob guy who's retired. Right. Like, what is with this guy playing all these two-faced roles? Um, I think it's his face. I think he <laughs> has such a charming look about him. But then there's a look in his eyes as well. A that's there, a, yeah. a little more like wild and hard. Yeah. Like where, yeah, which makes him so good at playing this role where he can be so charming and still with the same look on his face can say the coldest shit you've ever heard. And it's chilling. Like he, he's, he does it well he, in this man. He's so good at it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really glad they ended up going with him. Cause I, I think like, it's not just that he's great in the role, but it's his chemistry with 
um, with Tink, with with fucking uh, Fredo. Like there, th- he's so good in, in each of the situations. I think uh, you know as well as I said, Fredo is amazing. I think uh, Joe Unger, who plays who plays Tinker, he really feels like several different southern men i've known in my life like right when he like takes that uh walkman and throws it in the oven you're gonna learn by god like it was so good like just so perfectly done totally man totally but vigo wasn't the only guy that got fired and hired on this too (laughs) because the director also lost his fucking job and got hired back too five weeks in to a six-week production they, for some reason, uh, even though he he was on schedule, they they come to him and tell him that they need a shot list for the next week, or he's fired. Uh, and he was like, oh, "I can't get you a shot. Like, I don't know exactly where we're gonna be." Uh, and they were like, "Well, it, you know, if you're not on time, we we have to fire you." And again, not he wasn't delayed in any way. They fire him. <laughs> two days later they realize they made a mistake they hire him back so what basically the they just slowed themselves down because they wanted to exercise some sort of like display of power bullshit I, right Hollywood's and then weird. like go behind his back and shoot a different ending yes and and a bad ending too like an yeah. ending that makes no sense yeah uh-uh. uh, i don't know man phew so what, what was <laughs> his original ending his original ending was going to be that, um, uh, so Michelle, uh, she sees the little girl out in the desert and the little girl's mad at her and tells her that she killed her family or whatever. And then later while still walking through the desert, she comes upon a road and then a car comes along and inside is, um, uh, Leatherface, grandpa and the little girl. And, you know, uh, basically they just drive past and leave her out in the desert to die. Uh, and then that ending, they kind of changed and decided they, they never shot that ending. They, they kind of changed and decided instead to have it be a cop car with the little girl in the back and the little girl like pops up her head and starts laughing and then, Michelle starts laughing in that kind of like I've lost my mind way. I like, like I that. can't escape this. And that's that totally a great works. ending. Great yeah. ending. Uh, and they shot that and you can you can watch it. You can go go check it out. It's good. It's it's well done and it it it's it's sad just like the ending of the original TCM where it's like yeah, she got away, but did Bleak. she? <laughs> like yeah. yeah. Uh this is yeah, this is then the ending they shot after doing some you know, market testing, showing it to people. And they decided that they wanted a more hopeful ending and that people liked Ken Faree's character, which of course they did. I mean, fucking Benny is a great character where it's like, it's like so many people who say what they would do in a horror movie. Benny gets to be that he gets to be the guy and we get to watch him and we get to see like, actually, yeah, if you did all that in a horror movie, you'd probably do pretty fucking well. Um, and so it's like, you, you see why the audience liked him, but that doesn't mean bring him back. 
right? That doesn't that makes mean no sense. He comes Dude, back from the dead. <laughs> whenever he shows up at the very end, I was like, oh, "What the fuck?" Because the last time that we saw him, he was getting like held up against a, a chainsaw that was floating in a in a pond, fighting against yeah. Leatherface, and he was like definitely dead. His head was against right. the chainsaw, and then he shows back up the next morning. With, like, barely a scratch on the side of his head to show you... Right. Ah, it was just a nick, just a flesh wound. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they, they kind of have this, you know, sort of bullshit, like, final little brief confrontation against Alfredo, who's in the trunk, and they shoot him, and that's it. Like, whenever, whenever Ken Free showed back up, and it clearly shows us that, like, big, long scar on the side of his head where he got cut, mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, oh, like, this is somebody wearing his face. Which, oh, you know, it, okay. it gave me that it gave me that vibe that like the first Hellraiser does, right? Where the dad uh-huh. is wearing, yeah. you know, or rather, Uncle Frank is wearing Uncle the Frank, dad's yeah. skin, mm-hmm. and he's also somehow doing a perfect voice impression of him, which <laughs> yeah. makes no fucking sense. This gave me that vibe where I was like, okay, so this is somebody wearing his face, and I guess doing an amazing Ken Faree impression. But then it's like, no, 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 it really is just him, and he's I, not dead for some reason. I did not remember the ending to this despite having seen it uh, so many times as as a kid i did not remember the ending and as i was watching it i was like oh so this is like a weird dream she's gonna wake up yeah or that like that was my next in thought the forest yeah. or something and she's escaped but she doesn't know where to go uh like i thought that was it and it was like no 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 they're just like saying he somehow survived and so did fredo and uh, okay, and, and right, you can then. tell when you know that it wasn't shot by the director. You can actually tell when you just oh, watch yeah. the shots. The shots aren't, they're not uh, composed in any way like Mm-mm. the stuff that Jeff Bird did. Because Jeff Bird shot a really nice looking movie. Um, yeah. They, they, I don't know, they, they ruined his ending, but also like to, because like even... You can tell that um, Tom Everett is not back in character. You can tell mm-hmm. that like he's trying to get back to Fredo, but he never gets there. Probably because they shot it all in one day, and it was a reshoot, and he was working on other projects at the time. But you can tell he's just not back into that mindset. Uh, and that I don't know. You just there's no reason for it. Like I know they wanted to set up sequels, but it doesn't make any fucking sense that you're out in a desert that's flat and has no tree coverage or anything. You can see for miles, and somehow Leatherface sneaks up on you. Yeah, like at <laughs> the end when smooth. they're driving away, he just like walks up right behind him. It's like you would have seen that coming forever, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah I, it doesn't I really make much sense, man. The, the ending was definitely kind of a turnoff. I wish they would have gone with a more bleak ending like what they originally envisioned, especially yeah. if they were trying to get back to, you know, the vibe of the original. I mean, this is New Line's, yeah. you know, first swing at this franchise that they'd taken on, and they really could have claimed it as their own and done something really interesting and bleak with that ending. And, and honestly, even the the intro of the movie, I thought was fucking sick. I was like, dude, this is mm. like new line as fuck it feels like a director of a freddy movie making a leatherface fucking movie absolutely yeah that, and that was intentional that homage was intentional it was kind of like i love it dude seeing yeah. him like cutting the face and shit yeah, it's like good. making his new skin mask it's like really grisly and really nasty uh-huh. you've got that 
that fucking girl who's kind of following him around and watching him who you know yes. i guess her storyline is like the, the she escaped killed but her she family can't get away yeah uh-huh. like yeah that whole thing was kind of psychotic and weird it didn't it really was. go anywhere yeah. but it was really strange it was yeah i i think the writing of the movie uh needs to get so, some level of uh, applause in that the worst part wasn't written by writer david chow um mm. the the worst part was the the studio coming in and doing their own thing the rest is david chow doing a pretty fucking good job of tightrope walking the tone of the the first two movies introducing interesting characters with depth um, a good dialogue, good, strong dialogue. And also, uh, you don't necessarily need this in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, but including a character arc for the final girl. Like, oh, she, yeah. yeah, she starts as she says violence is no answer to violence. We see her. She can't um, put that armadillo out of its misery uh, with the rock. Like, she, she, she is averse to violence entirely and by the third act she's like bring it on motherfucker and then she you know she she um you don't see this but in a uh cut scene she kills uh tex because tex burns but then he survives and he's all burnt up and she uh leads him into one of their like tripwire traps and then really she uh you know beats leatherface in the head with that rock very much a you know calling back to the the armadillo scene like he did a good job of showing like not just that you know this is this is our way in because she's a good final girl she's not she's not annoying in any way she doesn't do anything that makes you think like she's making the wrong decision like when she comes upon the house She'd have no concept. And we as viewers don't even know that, oh, no, this is the Texas Chainsaw House. Like, how would right. we know that? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. So she's her, she's her biggest always- mistake is, is dating Bullcut Jr. over there. <laughs> yes. The, they're a terrible couple. They feel Dude. like brother and sister who don't even like each other. <laughs> Which, like, in a sense, kind of works because as the movie starts and they're on this car trip, you realize that they are ending their relationship and it's like it's yeah easy to see why you guys have zero chemistry but then also right there's just kind of this weird beat in the story where they're i guess their entire point is that they're on a trip to florida to break up or something yeah okay so yeah what? i guess yeah that that premise is that yeah she thinks they're they should break up but they're She's doing this road trip with him, kind of. I can't do it at home. We got to break up out of town. <laughs> I think what? she kind of, it's kind of her way of seeing if she's right about breaking up with him. Uh, and and I think, you know, he kind of comes across as, as a miserable prick at first. But the moment that things get bad, he, he does his best to try to help. What we find out is, yeah, they're city kids and they don't know exactly what to do in this situation. Luckily, we got Benny who comes along. But yeah, their relationship, uh, it, it really does seem like they've been together for a while. The, the spark's gone. She doesn't fully want to give it up, but she thinks that that is probably what they're going to do. And this is the last, like 
you know, chance for him to prove himself in some way, and he's not trying in any way to prove himself. So, yeah, it's a miserable situation where two people are driving to Florida to break up. Yeah, it's kind of a weird setup, (laughs) because, like, you would think if you really want to make the viewer care about this couple and build in this tension of, like, oh, my God, she's seeing her boyfriend go through this horrible stuff. Like, why wouldn't you just make them in a happy relationship and they like each other? That makes well, it more think, gruesome when bad stuff happens. Well, I don't think... Yeah, well, I think that's that's simple, sure. But, like, the fact that they don't care about each other and then this shared experience makes her realize, like, she, you know, she doesn't want to be in a relationship with him, but she doesn't want him to die. She doesn't hate him. Like, she cares about him as a human and he, I think, learns at in his very limited arc, because he's not around for long. I think no. he learns that, you know, <laughs> he was being a miserable prick. Like, he, he kind of seems to you know, go from being a miserable prick to trying to show any sort of, like, care and, and, and compassion for her. But that all ends so quick, because... Mm. He's not meant... I mean, it's not meant to be... Ha- I think that's it. Like, that's it. If you show a happy couple, it's it, it portrays a, a world in which uh, the the family that we run into is is not our... Uh, actually, our, our, our rock for familial love. Like, they are, they are displayed as fully loving and caring, and this couple isn't. They don't care about each other. Um, so it's, it's kind of a juxtaposition of, I guess, maybe family values in some Mm. way Mm -hmm. and how maybe family values can be completely corrupted and that can be a negative. Like, you know, you can have what looks like a happy family that cares about each other and communicates and whatnot, but their values are distorted and bad and wrong. I mean, it's it's very much a just like the first one. It's very much a folk horror in which we have the city, uh, you know, city kids ending up in this country area with all this arcane knowledge of their traps and whatnot throughout the forest and things. Like it's it's very much like it's trying to dig at something about family values and perhaps conservative family values. But again, that's not. It's never overt. Uh, and maybe that's good. I think in a lot of ways, because this is, this is like, uh, what's that shit called? Damn it. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember what the name of the subgenre is that a splatter house, I think is called or mm. splatter, splatter core, something splatter, splatter punk, splatter punk. That's it. Um, where they, the idea is really about being as gruesome as possible. And so, you know, uh, getting just as, as, grungy and dirty as possible and 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 really getting down into the shit is kind of what the subgenre is about so yeah no happy cuppies couples just don't get to exist i guess Mm, in this sort of world yeah and i think as part of you know some of that kind of american folklore thing that you're talking about where i think it's so interesting to look at american folklore man because when you look at the the stuff from the uk they obviously have a much longer history than we do in this country Uh Uh, So, like, you know, American folklore is creepy stuff like dirt roads and houses Mm -hmm. in the country and shit like that, because that's the oldest shit that we have over here. And there's also, there's several references to Vietnam in this, which there were in the first movie as well. And there's definitely Uh, some commentary. Yeah, Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's definitely some commentary about, 
you know the the, the urban warfare aspects um, yeah. going on in there with these you know quote unquote primitive people on their own turf. This right. one definitely drives that home as well. Like during the yeah. some of the first shots of the movie where we have those awesomely grisly forensic shots, which I'm shocked Ugh. didn't yeah. get cut from this dude when they're digging up that it, like yeah. mass grave of rotten mm-hmm. bodies and the fucking yeah. fat has rendered off into that fucking creamy substance and dude that shit is vile and they didn't edit yeah. that. What the fuck? But like two of those forensic guys who I thought were going to be important are talking about like shit they saw in Vietnam. Like, they make some reference to that, and so does Benny uh-huh. later on, too. Yeah, yeah, the Nam, the Nam uh, element has been there in, in all of the three that we've done on the show, and it, it... I think it's probably, as you said, like, yeah, they're they're trying to connect that this... This family, like, they, they're using their... their... Um, knowledge of the area around them and and whatnot to their advantage and and all of these people coming through are the intruders they're the they're the ones who need to stay away (laughs) they're the Mm -hmm. ones who need to to get the fuck out of there um yeah i mean and and, you know the uh it's also that er this comes out in that era where we were rehashing vietnam in film and television uh because this was actually shot uh, the the area where they were shooting it was in between the sets for China Beach and another Vietnam War. I think China Beach may have been a Korean War, but no, it was Vietnam. Mm. I can't remember. I can't remember. But the, there was like a lot of like rehashing of what happened in the Vietnam War in the late '80s and early '90s. Um, so I, I think that probably influences it. And and yeah, again, like just the fact that, that the writer knows the first two movies so well, of course he's going to include the Vietnam element because both of them did. Right. Yeah. Definitely always kind of been there in the background um, of these movies. I got to wonder, though, if you were a backwoods ass cannibal family who's relying on preying on strangers that fall into your web. Uh-huh. Uh, to to feed on and stuff. Would you plan such an elaborate scheme as these people, or w- would you just go for the grab and go? Because the thing is, is like the way I see it, these people run this last chance gas station. Right. There's a big sign that says this is the last place for like ten miles. There's mm-hmm. literally nothing around you. Sure. Do you really need to feed him this whole fake hitchhiker? <laughs> I live down this road that's not on the map, like Hills Have Eyes uh-huh. did exactly, and we got. Oh a fucking, yeah, I got a. The I got Hills a Have Eyes being, bits are good though. I like that. Oh element. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, I got a fake getting shot by Alfredo and right. jump out yeah, of the yeah. road and make you wreck your car so that hopefully uh-huh. you wonder to this. Ha- like, it's is this elaborate. not overly elaborate? <laughs> Like, if you're there at the last chance gas station, and you know that somebody's there in the bathroom or whatever, couldn't you just bop them on the head and take them back to the house? This seems like hard mode. (laughs) So, yes, but um, what we're told by the uh, chick who's been hiding out for a week in in the woods after her whole family was, was killed... Is that they they do that they hunt people that's what they do so for them this is a game so it, yeah if they were just hungry I bet that's what they would do but mm-hmm. they're not just hungry they like to hunt they like they like for their traps to get used they like all of this stuff to them is fun like it's it's just sport 
kind of like they the predator. The thrill of the hunt, right? Which yeah. honestly makes sense too, because it kind of puzzled me as to why it seemed like Leatherface had our couple like totally fucking dead to rights there at the first of the movie, right. and they get yeah, away. Yeah, he could have easily killed him. Mm-hmm. Seems like he could have mm-hmm. really easily sawed him up. But well, he wants so, so the, the catch. Uh, yeah, yeah, Fredo. He's got the he's got the shotgun trained on him. He right. could shoot him in any way. He just doesn't because it's there's no he. They're not interested in an immediate kill. If they were, they would have just killed him the second right. that they both went to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah, no, Dude. yeah, they like to the play. <laughs> Speaking of that bathroom, that also brought back like a you know kid that was born in the eighties flashback. Whenever she uh huh she goes to that gas station, if Fredo's out there like cutting up like titty magazines and stuff, right. And she goes yes. in the bathroom, and it's just like plastered with these, like you know, uh-huh. uh, naked naked female photos and shit in there, dude. That's one of those things that if you didn't grow up when we did, you might think that that's like garish or obscene or like bizarrely sure. nasty, dude. <laughs> I had totally fucking forgotten that as yeah. a kid growing up in the late '80s, early '90s here in the South, dude. It's like if you're dropping off your fucking lawnmower to get it worked on. There's like nasty centerfold shit on the walls. Like the place that you're getting oh, yeah. your oil changed, there's like nudie calendars and shit everywhere. Like there used to be just titties and muff all over the place back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my Forgot mom about that. my mom dated a guy who had a motorcycle repair shop and yep, there were he had nude uh pinups all over the place. We also yeah, when you'd go to like a mechanic or something. Yeah, you not even have to go into the bathroom. It'd just be out on open display a lot totally, of places. Totally, dude. Just or like, like everywhere. You know, one of your, your dad's friend's garage or whatever. Like, there right, would definitely yeah. Uh-huh. be, yeah, titties everywhere. And I say bring it back. <laughs> I say, Bring back the titties, you say. Bring back the titties at only at places where you're getting uh, repair done and you're okay. not sure if it's... If they're actually doing it or just charging you for it. Like the the more, how about this? Okay. That's how you advertise that it's, it's a dicey place, right? (laughs) You have titties up all over the place. So when you walk in, you're like, oh, okay. I see. Um, you're going to overcharge me for a thing you made up. Got it. (laughs) Got it. Yeah. Place is Uh definitely, definitely shady, but they do good work. It's the only people I trust with my lawnmower or whatever. Why did ever okay? Did did you know a southern man who uh, would take uh, their whatever it was that was broke to the same mechanic every time and then cuss out that mechanic for a fucking month because they you know charged them too much or whatever? Oh, is there like any this? other way? That is <laughs> the fucking way. Yeah, yeah. I that son my of a grand- bitch. My grandfather went to the same guy for years, years, and this guy was terrible. He fucked up everything, and he would cuss out that man, and every time he needed something fixed, he'd be like, hey, Sam, I got a truck needs fixed. I'm telling you, dude, that was just the fucking rhythm of life back in the day. It really was. (laughs) It was. You just knew people were going to fuck you over. Exactly, and you were going to cuss them out, and then you'll do it again next time you're in need. Obviously, yep. Hmm. What about it? I don't know. That was a total flashback, though. Like, I, I yeah. forgot seeing all that stuff when I was a kid and, uh, you know, how you don't really see that anymore. <laughs> yeah, you don't. And it's, I mean, it's probably for the better that we don't just have porn hanging up in, 
in bathrooms Maybe. at uh, gas stations and stuff. Probably better. Possibly. Although, I do wonder what the shop looked like where they got that fucking custom ass decked out chainsaw oh, made. I bet there was dude. titties all over that place. Probably butts. A lot of butts in that shop. A lot I think. of butts. Yeah. You know what? A chainsaw man's a butt man. I'll tell butt you that. Man. Mm. I don't know skin what your it ass means, raw. It- hey, it's Fred Durst in action right there. He'll skin your ass raw. Motherfucking chainsaw. <laughs> That's Probably. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ass man. Oh. <laughs> That chainsaw is so cool. That, it's if so the movie, sick. if there was no other value to the movie, the chainsaw was worth it. Uh, the and saw that is was family, dude. That fucking right. rules. And that was um, that that that's an interesting thing where Bob Shea did that. Like they had a number of different models worked up for his chainsaw, and Bob Shea was like, "No, it's not like it's not big enough, not flashy enough." And and that is what they ended up landing on, like Loved something it. big and flashy. And go, if you've never seen this, go look up this movie's teaser trailer from back in the day. Oh my God, dude. It's it so rules. cool. It's it got so me good. so amped for this, dude. Whenever I watched that trailer, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a fucking Coke Fest like part two. Um, yeah. The trailer has fuck all to do with the actual <laughs> yeah, absolutely movie. Absolutely nothing all. to do with the movie. But like, it's he so fucking cool. gets this Excalibur chainsaw from a lady in a lake. Like what <laughs> yes, the fuck does. is that even about? Oh, I love man. it. I love it's it. So and also good. it's fucking Kane Hodder playing Leatherface at that point. Yeah, who also was what? the stunt coordinator on on this and did uh was was a stunt man. So he did technically play Leatherface at certain points in this. Uh, yeah, Kane Hodder's a badass. Uh, and he, ap- apparently he and uh, R.A. Mikhailov, who plays uh, Leatherface, they have a ghost hunting club together. No. No, they yes. don't. They're the Monster Squad? <laughs> yes. No, they are They're aren't. the Monster Squad. Can you imagine if you were a ghost and you're just <laughs> hanging out in your insane asylum or whatever, and two, like, six-foot-five gigantic men and fucking muscled-out tattoos all over are looking Covered in for burn you. scars. <laughs> Come look, you'd be like, oh shit, they're gonna break my ghost knees. Like, yeah, but then maybe you're like, shit, is that Kane Hodder, dude? I love your work. Oh, hey, Kane, <laughs> I love your movies. Dude. Yeah, no, that 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 was cool to find out that Kane. Like, I mean, having K and B effects, you got Kane Hodder doing stunt coordination. That's You've got A list shit. Yeah, like I mean, the script's written by the guy who wrote the script for The Crow. Like, you got a Whoa, director really? who's. Uh, well versed in horror it, it, it's got all the elements and you're coming you know new lines producing so you got they they know you know a lot about what's gonna work and what's not gonna work it, it's it is crazy that it did end up with so many actual problems and and whatnot because it, it seems like it should have been a slam dunk it, yeah. it, it didn't end up making like it it, it debuted 11th at the box office Oof. which it came out in january too. it missed it's like november yeah, they release date they put it, it out in, in the, january the movie which graveyard it, a horror movie yeah. in january mm, that doesn't reek of confidence in your product no not usually no the i mean i think some of that has, has changed more recently yes. but that that is definitely like 
at that time dumping this in January and it it posting 11th in its first weekend is that's terrible and Pretty I can't brutal. even imagine why like what happened to make people not go see it at all I right. just don't get it because yeah. like as as we said the teaser trailer was cool as hell um Texas Chainsaw is a very recognizable franchise and it, it really is I think just down to as we've talked about before, the late 80s, early 90s, there was just this lull in people going to see horror movies. Like, so many horror movies failed and, and didn't didn't do well, whether they were good or not. Like, they just didn't do well. So, well, we've also got the religious fervor of the Satanic Panic yeah, in this era. And that, I know. That definitely clouded things up, too, it for did. sure. It did, yeah. Yeah, you know, for sure. One thing that struck me about this, too, as far as you know, um, uh, Leatherface's love of awesome saws, um, uh-huh. One thing in this that I thought was was really adorable. <laughs> okay, there's, there's this scene where Leatherface and I think it's Ken Faree are fighting, and Leatherface is disarmed and doesn't have his chainsaw. But out of his boot, he whips out like uh, it's like a little Dremel tool. Uh, yes, like, and, a and, and, and he, he he cuts yeah he cuts Ken Faree with it, and it's like ultimately, what is a Dremel tool? But a miniature saw like yeah he's so committed to like no this is the my saw thing. gimmick yeah always saws <laughs> like i think at the at the dinner table and stuff he's probably like cutting his cutting his people meat with like maybe like a pizza wheel he's like what's the most saw like <laughs> thing i could use to cut my food with you know he's so committed to it he's like i gotta attack this guy with the littlest motorized saw that i keep on my person my dremel tool i love that yeah. that's adorable i did too. yeah it's like it's like it's his it's like the handgun version of the saw it's <laughs> like, the derringer of chainsaw yeah <laughs> a dremel tool is a derringer chainsaw you heard it here first that's what it is dremel get at us we got this advertising <laughs> campaign for you <laughs> But there's like this this admiration for technology in this, which I, I thought was interesting too. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. uh, I think it's fucking uh, Tinker. I love that line where he says like "fuck the flesh, give me steel." Like that's uh-huh. that's badass. It's like there's some yeah. kind of urge for these people to merge with with technology, and we even see Leatherface in this interfacing with technology when it's like go do your lessons and he has that like yeah. video learning computer and it's like simultaneously really sad and really funny the computer yeah. like shows a picture of like a man and it's like what is this and he just types in food food <laughs> and like at first it's uh, funny and then he does it like five more times and you're like god yeah. damn this guy's fucked up like it's kind of sad and funny at the same time the 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 little like homemade voice box they've given to mama uh, like they're they've got their own little weird technology thing going on. That the hook hand, the hook hand, yeah, it carries over to part four as well. I mm. uh, yeah, we got to do part four on the show. That's something I've been wanting to talk about forever because part four is so interesting. I don't know hmm. that it's good, but it's very interesting what they do with some of the elements that are in this the technology okay. element and stuff like i was curious what the message there into. was yeah. yeah because like it seems like they're these you know backwoods primitive people but also you know he keeps saying like technology is our friend he says that like several mm-hmm. times like yeah. i don't know if he's trying yeah. to remind himself or he already understands that technology is important for evolution and is trying to sell uh-huh. that 
idea to his family. I, I can't figure that out. Yeah. I also, uh, I think it's interesting that they're like so gung-ho on the technology front. But when they find out the fella's got colored drawers on. Woo, California. Know what I mean? It's such a funny thing to remember that not more than 30 years ago, it was it was considered effeminate for a man to wear anything but white briefs. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What? What is our country? What is How our culture? How fragile it's, is masculinity? <laughs> Holy shit. Extremely fragile. Yeah, they're just like California, like the most outlandish idea to them was a guy wearing underwear Colored that underwear. wasn't white. <laughs> I know. Now, one thing that I do have to kind of point out about this that I do feel like is is somewhat of a dated trope, although it does still continue to an extent. Like, I, I do, I do think there is somewhat of a a pretty overt like body negativity thing here, where mm. you know the freaks, the bad guys, are the people that are disabled, the people that have artificial appendages and a voice box and a wheelchair Mm. and Leatherface has his leg brace. And I feel like that's one of those, you know, othering sort of things that we used to do with villains all the time. See Captain or any other villains in the past who have had some kind of body, um, you know, modification of some kind or some kind of disability. I mm-hmm. feel like there is sort of like this ableist narrative going on here where it's like, look at the people that aren't whole. They're freaks. I feel like that's here. Hmm. hmm. I mean, like, we have uh, in the first and I guess second, technically, Franklin. True. Who is is presented as, as not not one of them, though... He is also presented as annoying. Like the yeah. the, the characters <laughs> in the movie are telling us they're annoyed by him, huh? Yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. I mean, you got Chop Top in the second one as well. He's got a metal plate in his head. He's shown as being crazy because of it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think maybe there is some of that. A little bit of of yeah, some some ableist like othering of, yeah. of these people. Potentially, though, again, like, as I said, the, 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 the portrayal of the family is complicated, uh, mm, yeah. in that they are, they are also shown as some, something of a normal family in a lot of ways, but yeah, yeah, that is there. That is definitely something to consider. Um, yeah. And I do wonder what they're getting at too, because I know the reason why with Leatherface is, he cut himself in the first one, remember? So now he's got this brace because I'm assuming he cut a muscle or whatever in his leg. Yeah, that's um, just cool continuity, right? Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, why? Why is why is Mama in the wheelchair and why does she have a voice box thing? Why does why does Tinker? Uh, why is he missing uh, a hand? Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I hadn't thought about that. You know, it just seems like that's something that would probably be pretty easy to get offended at um if you if you're looking for things sure yeah if you're looking for things you could probably get 
upset about that. I'm not upset about the metal ass soundtrack in this. Oh, show, dude. it's awesome. This yeah. was giving me like fucking phenomena vibes. Like when you got fucking Iron Maiden and damn Motorhead and shit in that uh-huh. movie. Yeah. This movie has so much just metal ass shit during like fight yeah. scenes, especially the last half of the movie it has like a bunch of mm-hmm. metal on the soundtrack, including yeah. like that badass Leatherface song during the credits. Holy yes. shit. This has it's to be so one good. of the best like brand name naming the characters that are in the movie songs at the end of a horror movie absolutely ever. yeah because it's just an awesome metal song it's it's really good it's badass, yeah i love dude. the soundtrack it and it fits the tone of the movie too i don't know how because like one of the things we know about heavy metal is it's like it's 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 like it's a bunch of dorks being like imagine like the hardest shit like it's it's not a bunch of hard people telling you hard shit they do it's a bunch of dorks being like imagine a graveyard it's filled with witches <laughs> and, and you're the just dragon like, yeah. comes in the night <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh so like that that's kind of like the tone of this is is heavy metal in some ways because it it's silly and absurd in a lot of ways but it's also like the imagery and stuff is brutal yeah 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 it's not a bad soundtrack and it's at least short too like i i don't think the movie ever really drags too hard i don't think it really overstays its welcome it's pretty tidy um i like that the night shots are dark as fuck like they are in the first one like i like that i saw some people critiquing this movie being like man the outdoor stuff i couldn't tell what was going on to me uh that only made it creepier i like it i like some of the way it looks also uh, some of the explanation of that is there was a forest fire uh and a lot of the trees in the background were scorched so they had to not light them oh damn (laughs) because then it's like wait why are all the trees scorched though i thinking about it to me it was like well actually if you had some scorched trees in the background it would be just like add to the mystery of the area but i imagine it was probably a continuity thing because it happened while they were filming so mm, down in those yeah. uh those texas swamps that they live on that are in, in california the, in the desert <laughs> yeah that are texas in the desert but also desert. a swamp uh-huh. okay yep down in We've the bayou the desert bayou the desert bayou <laughs> Hmm. That's a good setting. I love that scene where man fucking yeah, Leatherface and Benny are like wrestling in that bog. It's fucking oh, yeah. sick. Uh-huh. That's really cool, man. It is. And the that like it doesn't make any sense why the chainsaw's doing what it's doing, but it's really no, it's cool. Like the way it's like in the water. shooting up the water and floating back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, it's, really yeah, it's cool. just this danger element in the middle of this pool, man. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think it's an okay movie. It was better than I was expecting considering that you know, again, hardly anybody ever talks about this thing. I kind of expected it to be just a total phoned-in piece of shit, and it's it's not bad. Like, I do wish right. that I could have seen a cut of this that has the gore, that has the violence, because there's so much cool shit that is hinted at, and then the camera cuts away. Like, even... That, yeah. that scene where they're in the house and yeah it's like oh we got tired of using the sledge so we figured out this new way and like they they hit a switch and i don't even know what happens but you just assume i guess the hammer hit dude on the head and killed him like everything yeah. is so unclear at that point um I, I i knew that this movie got ripped up by the mpaa and i wish that it wouldn't have yeah no i agree if you do um 
go go looking for that scene. I love the way that plays out because when the sledge does hit the 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 dummy head, it it makes a like sick thud and yeah. it's not like an exploding head type of thing. It's way it's even it's more real. <laughs> like just the thud and the, like that's it like it there's blood and there's a thud and there's some blood and it's just like yeah that is, that is kind of our deaths won't be that eventful you know like if if you got hit in the head with a hammer like it's 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 not gonna be like oh head explosion it might just be like oh one hit dead no, yeah it's, no it's not meat. a gallagher show right yeah no yeah it, it really does just like because it feels so sickening in that moment just like i i definitely get why the MPAA cut it because it feels as effective it feels so effective when you see it like it feels gross it makes mm-hmm. you just feel like oh god it's that, it's that simple huh right i just feel like if this would have had just the the total nasty gore factor of i mean even something like even something like the blob remake or dead alive or something this this would have been a blast this would have been a super fun gory sure. nasty romp through this uh bizarre world of texas um as <laughs> it is i still think it's okay like i i don't yeah. love this movie um i won't like watch it again and again and again but i didn't mind it what would you rate it i think for me I'm going to say that this is this is above my average line. I'm going to say probably like a five and a half. I think with, with better kills and stuff, it probably could have you know perked up to like a six and a half or a seven if it just had some good mindless shit in there, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but as it is, like the characters, the direction, the soundtrack, all those things add up to a pretty enjoyable movie for me. So I'm going to say five and a half. I think that's fair. Um, and that's about where I was thinking, about five and a half to six. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but, um, it didn't really get in the way of seeing the flaws. Um, but it also means that like, I I don't know. It's, this is one of those movies where I can just shut it off and just like pretend like the ending didn't happen. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Would have, yeah. Mattered a lot too, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I like the vibe enough, um, that, yeah. If, if somebody threw this on in the right context, like if somebody threw on the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'm probably not. Uh, even though it's one of my favorite horror movies ever made, it's gosh, it's hard to watch. Grueling, yes. And this is less hard to watch. So I could see this on at like a uh, like a uh, Halloween party, and it'd be like, oh, cool. It's got a yeah. lot of cool imagery and whatnot. Fun, sure. Yeah, yeah, totally agree with that, man. We want to know what you guys think about it over on our social media pages, our, our Facebook group, which is great. Everybody should join up and hang out with your boys and stuff on there. Our Instagram, mm-hmm. our Twitter, everywhere you can go. Let us know what you guys think about this flick, if you think that it is an underrated gem, or if you absolutely hate it and you totally get why a lot of people have not seen this flick. Let us know over there. Uh, you can use our Linktree page to find all of those places. And you can also find our Patreon in there where you can give us dollar paper. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there. Become a patron on any level. You get access to our Patreon exclusive content, including the uh, Pepsi challenge video. Uh, the the episode of Hell Rankers I've been talking about. Uh, Batman that'll be coming out soon, etc. Become a patron on a $5 level. You get to throw a movie into the smoking bowl and then we draw from the smoking bowl and we cover the movie that we draw from the smoking bowl. We're going to be doing it next week. So Smoking. pay attention to our social media on Friday. 
uh, and see see what uh, gets picked. Yeah, I'm excited to find out, man. Those Patreon picks are always a smash. So yeah, they are. I look forward to seeing what you guys pick out. That way we can wrap out, uh, wrap out, wrap up, wrap out this month with an outbang, <laughs> as they say. That's everybody says that. People it's are saying all the kids. Yep, mm-hmm. people are saying it. You know. So, yeah, be sure to tune in then. It'll be a surprise for us, and I look forward to seeing what it's going to be. In the meantime, hope everybody out there is doing real good, and I hope we see yuns next week here on this next episode of Dead and Lovely. Love you. Ooh, daddy. Ooh, daddy. (laughs) Taste of that meat. Ooh, daddy. Ooh, daddy. Put this meat in your mouth. Ooh, daddy. Every now and then, there are thoughts that enter the collective consciousness. You know, we're all connected. We're mm-hmm. all intertwined together. Intertwined, and, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes one of us has a thought, and everyone else is thinking the same thought. Like, like Dante's Peak and Volcano, or uh, Deep <laughs> Impact and Armageddon, stuff like that, right? Yep, that's, that was the result of two people having the same thought, and not <laughs> one person stealing another person's thought. But... I know what you're talking about. Sometimes something's just in the ether, right? I know, right? Which is totally bizarre that this week, you and I were both working up bits about stepladders, and I don't know how this happened. (laughs) How did this fucking happen? Like, we were independently working on material about stepladders. What the fuck? I don't know. I was just thinking about... (laughs) I think we had some conversation on maybe the Screamer chat or whatever about... Some but joke about there. incest porn, uh-huh. and of course, like you know, thinking of the of the of the classic. Oh no, stepbrother! I'm caught in this washing machine, and stepbrother led me to think of stepladder, and then I was like, oh, so that's like not the ladder's real dad. It's it's stepladder. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Therefore, it's less creepy, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I heard somebody say the phrase, like, oh, is that your stepladder? And I just thought to myself, like, no, it's my biological ladder. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking about material where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, we used to have this great, uh, this great ladder whenever I was a kid, and my mom replaced it with a stepladder, and it doesn't do anything <laughs> near as good as my original ladder and shit like that. You're not my real ladder! Yeah, dude, you know? <laughs> Change the light bulbs like your mom told you to. I don't know. Yeah, the lighters try to get you to do your chores and shit. <laughs> you respect your mother. <laughs> You're not my real ladder. ladder. You're just my step ladder. You can't tell me what to do. How did this happen? Oh, step ladder. I'm cutting this washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.